Ben McCann. Greetings. Welcome to Wake the Dead. Today, we are delighted and very happy to have first-time guest, Mr. Ammon Hillman. Welcome, Ammon. Hey, it's nice to be here, Sean. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, I'm very delighted that you're here. Uh, your work is fascinating to me, and I know it will be to my audience as well. Um, we here are not strangers to... Uh, controversial subjects and we're not afraid to go down the dark rabbit holes and um, when I discovered your work I found it to be infinitely enlightening even though it was such a dark rabbit hole <laughs> you know there was a lot of light there a lot of knowledge that we can learn and absorb and um, the your perspective is much different in that you don't go on what other researchers have said you go back to the work itself you go to the actual text and you uh, uh that's that's your sources and i find that to be uh, much more valid valid than other uh other people speaking and when i hear others talk they all say the same oh you know the greek was translated from the original judaism and blah 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 and i i don't believe these things and everybody says the same thing and it's like the news now where the news is like oh uh, you know it's they all say the same phrase you know and they all say the same it's only one view that they give us and that uh i don't trust that type of shit and so i'm very glad that you can give us a, a different perspective um is tell us how is it that i mean you you don't you didn't want to go along with the with the common thinking of the past and tell us where did you where did it break off for you uh i guess that's a question <laughs> yeah yeah my allegiance is to the text right i'm a right. classical philologist and for those of you who don't know what that is classical philology is the study of ancient greek and latin and greek and latin texts and our allegiance is not to any sort of ideal or any sort of agenda um we have no interest in spreading um ideas true classical philologist now you may talk to folks at harvard and yale and they may not they they may indicate that's not the case but um my focus on the text is everything so when i went into my dissertation um defense and the head of the department told me um we're not going to pass you unless you take out this chapter on recreational drugs and scrub references to recreational drugs throughout the text. Now the text was on Roman pharmacy. So um, I said, why is that? And she said, well, because the Romans just wouldn't do such a thing. <laughs> Unbelievable. It, yeah, it was at that point, it, um, as I was just launching into my career that I realized the most important lesson I would learn the whole time. And that is that 
you really are a defender of that museum. It is those texts that are everything. And our ideas don't matter. And what's funny is when you, you, you know, you can go on podcasts, you can, you can do YouTube, you can you look up what people are doing and researching. And what's funny is they always bring in an expert who sits there and just gives out ideas, just generalized ideas. It's their theories and it, it makes everybody gag over um, higher education. It makes everybody gag. Why don't you go plagiarize somebody, right? Instead of just making up ideas that are, that are agenda laden. Our, our allegiance, true classical philologists, our allegiance is to those texts. And so it, it was at that point in my career. And I had gotten a master's in bacteriology at the same time as I was getting my master's and PhD in classics. And um, I was applying a scientific standard to the study. And that was the real problem, um, is that going in and really giving respect to the field, um, that was what was causing interference. So I vowed at that time, um, when the head of the department at the University of Wisconsin told me um, the Romans just wouldn't do such a thing, I vowed at that time to find everything that the Romans just wouldn't do. And over a long period of time, and 30 years of reading these sources in the original, um, I, uh, I've, I was brought to Jesus. And I came, <laughs> to, came to Jesus with his naked boy that was with him when he was arrested in a public park at 4 a.m. yelling, I am not a child trafficker. When I read that in the New Testament, I realized, okay, this is, um, we're on the same trail, just follow the drugs. And so that's what I've been, that's what I've been doing. And people have been coming forward. There's all sorts of good archeology span now. There was just an article that came out last week about um, a big drug find at an archeological site. You know, it was Black Hellebore. Um, uh, yeah, um, so great. Let's get this thing on, baby, and let's bring <laughs> those sources out and show them for what they are. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's that's amazing, and you gave a little glimpse as to where this uh, this conversation's going. So, strap in, listeners. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the, um, people do drugs, man. I mean, I don't know. I I can't imagine why. I mean, I guess it's because they. They, you know, uh, whatever their sponsors or some shit don't want that information affiliated with that school or what. I, I mean, I can't even imagine why they wouldn't want the truth. Um, and it, for them to stifle you there, like overtly just say to you straight up, you, you won't pass unless you lie like the rest of us. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very uh, illustrative of what a PhD really is. You know, I mean, my brother's got a doctorate and, you know, my friends have doctorates and stuff. And, and it's like, uh, it's not really, Hey, I know this much. It's like, Hey, uh, I've, I've passed the test of the masters that they want me to, the hoops that they want me to jump through, you know? And I'm glad that you, I mean, you did jump through the hoop, but you took your, you, you took that, that, uh, chapter and those pieces and you didn't throw them in the dustbin you created your first book the chemical muse which is a fantastic piece of work and it opens up 
your whole career really uh, of like you said you were investigating the scientific understanding of things and you were also investigating the history of the the classics and the texts and you applied those two together to like you took both those those and uh, I've heard in other shows that you were deciphering and uh, translating texts that were just just sitting there not being translated by anybody else uh, is that right yeah yeah there is a mountain of medical uh, drug works that nobody ever uh, looks at um, as a matter of fact it's funny you mentioned that I was just translating a text uh, yesterday and the day before with my students um, I call it my dojo because I teach people Greek and you mentioned the doctorate um, there was one thing about the doctorate that was rock solid and that was um, ancient languages have a standard to them and Greek is way up there it's way up there as a language and um, that's what I really got from the doctorate that was that was powerful was the ability to be able to access the thoughts of these people in their original words that is absolutely priceless um that power is incredible so just yesterday and the day before i was working with a couple of students on um translating uh, paul of vagina who is a byzantine now you've never heard that name right paul of vagina nope no, okay. Um, uh, great, brilliant, brilliant mind writing, sixth century Byzantine guy. Long story short, he's a good surgeon. People know about him, they know what he does, and he writes a ton. And in it, he writes and uses sources that we don't necessarily have that survive. And he's got an entire section on the arrow poison. On yep. the arrow poison, it's called Toxicon. And it's where we get our word in English toxic from, right? You know, 50% of English right. is based on classical roots. You know what I mean? Yes. So Toxicon, what does Toxicon do? He just talks about it and those who get involved in drinking it. So it's used on the arrows, right? But people also indulge in it, right? They hmm. use it. Why? Why? The text tells us, Paul tells us in Greek, he tells us, hey, it's because they're inducing these illusions, these hallucinations. They're creating visualizations um, with the um, toxicon. Now, here's the problem, though. It's lethal, says Paul. And <laughs> people who use it end up um, in a bacchic mania. In a bacchic mania, they end up in a place where they're uncontrollable. they got to be chained up. And wait, you're saying, wait, what? Um, are these people using heroin? No, they're way beyond that, bro. They induce a mental state that is a mania where they have to be restrained. They have to be restrained, and somehow this is some benefit to <laughs> them, putting them into a state of total control, total control, and they're using these drugs, and they're right. It turns out the mystery right is not the mystery right without this toxicon. So, right. oh God, it just beautiful stuff like that right. is out there. You said, what are these, you know, I can name to you 20 different people right now that you have never heard of before that most classicists have never heard of, or if they've <laughs> heard of them, they, they haven't ventured into their work, right? We have 22 volumes of Galen. 
how much of that has been translated? 22 volumes of 1,000 pages each. Okay, so we got roughly 22,000 pages of ancient Greek and probably 5% has been translated. That's liberal, right? 5% is a little bit liberal. Um, My goodness. What are these works? These are works on antidotes and these are works on drugs. These are works on... These are works on cult drugs. You know what? The one thing that people missed that was really interesting, all the cult stuff. As soon as, as soon as I got to a certain depth in the ancient drugs, it just sucked me into cults, right? Ancient right. cults, right? That's, that's, who's, that's who's using this stuff, especially the Christians to start out. And I was like, oh, wow, this stuff is, this material is fantastic. Here's a manual. Here's a manual by a Roman a, a Roman a medical uh, a military guy. He's like a medic in the military. And he's talking about ceremonial drugs. And what happens? You ever see somebody hit with this arrow poison? You know what happens? It takes three other Roman soldiers to hold them down because they go nuts on the wow. spot. Right? And, and That's amazing. an effective weapon if you hit one person then four soldiers are off the battlefield and that's the point and all you all you have to do is shoot from the back of your horse right right? because you're a horse culture the romans can't handle these people it's amazing and this stuff is all in here here are the cures here's what to do for it yeah it's so amazing like so i mean the ancients were like they were using these drugs for warfare for divination like not just divination but like psychic understanding of the self like know thyself um this is like a you know all the universe is like you know as a as below as above you know as without as within you know they had this um this uh reverence you know and the way that they the the drugs were like if like look at the um the the oracle of delphi she was breathing the ether and she was like you know and they were in this uh state you know and modern shamans they go they take variety of drugs and they become unhinged sometimes uh they have to be tied down uh, sometimes you know um it's really interesting that like they have such an advanced technology of drugs it's funny that we don't want to know that (laughs) In today's time, why don't we want to understand our bodies and our, you know, our psychic connection to those bodies and how it can be altered with different chemicals and plants? You know, it, it seems strange to me. Yeah, yeah. It's a scientific, it's a Bronze Age scientific approach that causes you to be dragged out of your body to be put in imagine this i'm gonna for your listener sean i'm gonna open up the mystery right now i'm gonna profane the mystery right here we go are you ready the classicists and historians will sit around let <gasps> you know <gasps> no no he can't know right okay ready your whole audience is gonna find out the mystery is about putting you into a death state and bringing you out of it chemically because when you come out of that death state you've seen and now you know and you're not afraid of it anymore you lose your fear of death this is all within a healing umbrella it's all under a healing umbrella they're doing this to heal you 
so that you do not have that death anxiety. You do not have the perception that those who have not been born again have. Those of us who have been through it and have seen her, right? And I'm talking like Cicero, right? Those of us who have been through it and seen her resurrected no longer fear death. The most important thing I, Cicero, ever did was go to the Ellicinian Mysteries and be initiated. Yeah, it was the most important thing. Think about this. Our founders of our society are talking about how important it is to be able to go through a mystery process to wake up. So when we walk in that temple of Apollo um, in order to be um, receive the inspiration, when we do that, it says, know yourself, right? You don't know who you are. Bacchus says from the stage in Athens, you don't know who you are. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what kind of life you're le you're leading. Right. right. The you, could, you could say that to people today. I mean, it's same. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you are subject. You are subject to the powers that be that promote an understanding. Everybody here who's sitting in your audience, you're all sitting there thinking biblical times, that expression of biblical times. Uh, guess what? Biblical times never existed. The Old Testament, the thing you call the Old Testament, the Torah, it was written in the third century B.C. Third century B.C. The language that it was written in is Greek. You think that the original was Hebrew. There were a couple of pots found in a cave, right? A couple of junk pots found in a cave with Greek and Hebrew. And people say, oh, look, the mag majestical, mighty Hebrew is what brought us. No, it's not. Hebrew hadn't existed for 200 years by that point. It was a liturgical language. Its vocabulary was so small, the people asking the rabbis about what what's the hebrew word for oak they couldn't tell them wow right the vocabulary that we have from ancient hebrew is 8000 unique words do you know how many unique words that greek has ancient greek we can't count them <laughs> we can't count all the words it's been estimated between 200 and 500,000 right so when you create a work a written everybody here thought the old testament was written in hebrew everybody thought we have nothing we have no text not only that the contemporaries are not they're not saying anything about any hebrew ever existing huh interesting right so, so what do we do with this thing called the old testament when you go to the greek and you read the Septuagint, which is what it was originally you know, referred to, that Greek work is so highly technical. It cannot be a translation of a language that was that illiterate, right? If you subtract, just do, do, yourself, a, just do yourself a favor. Um, take the Bible out of the picture. How much Hebrew literature is there from the period? Zero. Yeah, right. 
Zero. You're not even going to find other references. You're not even going to find, right? And this is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years after the Greeks have already established a literary tradition and are quoting each other, right? And nobody is quoting this thing, this thing. That's the, if you read, and what's really a shame is if you read the original Greek, of what you and I call the Old Testament. If you read the original Greek, it's way more compelling, way more compelling. And the funny thing is, I'm not the one who discovered this. You're sitting, this is not my idea. I have no ideas. What I have is an ancient author named Africanus. And he goes to origin and says, hey, um, this stuff is actually Greek originally. There's no Hebrew here, right? Look at the idiom. Look at the idiom that's in the Greek, right? And I tell my students all the time, we pull up passages. Do you see what the Greek is doing? This is unique to Greek. It's using Greek roots. How can this be a translation? It can't be. It's an original. But what you were told was from rabbis in the second and third Anno Domini and Christians, Christian church fathers, deciding, oh, the original language here was Hebrew. Why? Because none of it works if it wasn't. None of the faith works. Did you know the Romans at the time when it came out that the Septuagint was a translation of Hebrew? Do you know what the Romans said? Bull. They said, bull. There's no way. This is a lie. And so somebody invented, they invented a story about 72 rabbis going in to individual cells and taking their Hebrew originals, none of which exist, taking their Hebrew originals and writing. They wrote out magically a translation. 72 of them came out with the exact same Greek translation. Yeah, right. and, the, and, and the Romans and their Greek contemporaries in Alexandria said, uh, that's the biggest bunch of appropriative bull. Um, there's, you know, who would believe that you people, your faith right. is terrible, right? Reason is what is important. And Paul's walking around saying, oh, you worship nature. Yeah, you're right. They do. Their physicists do, right? All of their choruses, all of their Bacchic ritual. It's all nature, right? Because reason is everything. And that's in those texts. And we sit around and think. Moses came out of Egypt. You know, the Egyptians don't even have a record of that. And we say it's, oh, it's must, this thing must be written in 1200 BC. No, sorry. Sorry, it's not. This and is... there's nothing, there's nothing from that language during that time. But if you can control the narrative, if you can make people think this is what your history is, then you can control them. Control the history control the people. It's why tyrants are always saying, we're going to bring this type of Reich. We're going to bring this type of culture back to you because that's what we had in the past. It's why they're always doing it. It's a false narrative about the past. And you know, when you start speaking in generalizations that the person doesn't have anything to stand on, it's the <laughs> evidence, brah. It's the evidence that matters. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, what you said just there is so important. And it's one of the things that we talk about on the show all the time is to, the controlling of the narrative. And we see it today. I mean, they're telling us that 
kerosene took down the world trade center towers i mean like somebody with a with like in a cave in afghanistan is making norad stand down on 9-11 like they're telling us this like it's true you know they get oh yeah a magic bullet killed kennedy you know like it's just and then people just like the more they repeat the more they repeat and it and you said who would believe this i'm thinking everybody look around like if people believe the stupidest i mean the the china virus and shit like that that whole like everybody get indoors and stay away from your neighbors six feet distance like it's it's total none of it has logic um and everybody falls for it it's like it it seems like the oldest trick in the book i guess you know they've been doing it since back then if you can set up a false portrait of history um people will just gravitate to it naturally and the funny thing is we have people through time who have warned us about this julian the apostate is saying stop stop everybody stop and wake up the christians they're destroying us they're going to destroy us and they're starting with education they have to rewrite right the, the how how far back do we go six thousand years are you kidding me the greeks and romans are the ones who figured out that the earth was going around the sun people say how can that be they're the ones who who figured out calculus you know right. you can do calculus in just using the greek language i had a just math the letters yeah no wow. just the, okay to, oh, just the to, words to that are used yeah, right, right. to describe it mm. to describe it they're able to describe it and i see um uh integrals for example how can you do that latin can't do that no no <laughs> latin can't do that there's something to the greek language that is so powerful by the way it works the way it forms concepts and the romans were uh, um, um were uh, in love and at the same time kind of hated this about the greeks that they had that elevated scientific um linguistic power and uh, you just don't get that unless right. you go back to the originals and right. pull it out um i was reading once about um somebody determining the wobble this is an ancient greek determining the wobble of the earth i was like <laughs> are you kidding I, I don't even you know i live in the information age and i don't even know what that yeah. how to do that i wouldn't know how to figure that out does the yeah. earth wobble i didn't yeah, even the, know it wobbled the, the precession of the equinoxes uh, the, the the north points at a different star over twenty six hundred thousand years or some shit. like how do they how twenty six thousand years how do they remember that you know and calculate that it's amazing to me it's wow and to so the the greek language i mean that came like alexander the great like conquered the world right basically in his time and uh assimilated all the cultures and the knowledge so you think that's how it it got to be that way yeah i wouldn't give alex the all the credit <laughs> but yeah <Okay>. they <laughs> now linguists generally do they point to his conquests making greek the common language well i uh, went to public school so give me a break you know what i mean yeah, like, no, so, no, no, please no that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's totally legitimate that he mm -hmm. did that but for centuries before then as back as the bronze age you know we're talking in the 2000s bc as far back then um the greek language which was an ancestor which was a, an offspring of an ancestor not called pie 
Proto-Indo-European didn't exist. They make that up. That's why you got to put an asterisk next to it. It's just a theory. Well, what the Greeks say is that they came from a group called the Pelasgians. And this is one of those Calcolithic, so I think 5000 BC-ish, Calcolithic cultures that was a horse culture. That's, they're the ones who are spreading. You know what Pelasgian means? It means purple, right? All of these groups are spreading the use of this toxin that they're deriving from the murex, little slug that lives you know, in the water. It's got a little shell, pretty little shell, and you can process his goodies and make little, make little um, uh, a purple potion. Um, this right. thing will, this thing will take you places. You remember Mary, um, mother of Jesus, the Virgin Mother. Um, would you be surprised if I told you that they have artificial insemination in antiquity? They, they call it non-divine birth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the Christians call it divine birth, and they call it non-divine, like exactly the opposite. Wow. Be because it was working contrary to what the natural process would bring exactly. along. Right. right. And you have to use virgins. That's the left-hand path right there. I mean, right? exactly. working against nature. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Exactly. You got the magic in there and everything. Now you understand why they're afraid of these cults, right? And right. what they will do to you. You were talking about mind control a little. Um, you, you mentioned that um, the perfect example of mind control is in our oldest Greek. Um, uh, it's not our oldest Greek. Our oldest is linear B. But um, Homer, our, our, our oldest literature, is right. really um, talks about a woman who does this. She uses drugs to put people into a state where she can castrate them and turn them into sex slaves. Isn't that nice? You talking Isn't about Kybele? Nice? You talking about Sybil? Kybele? No, uh, Circe. Talking about Circe. Circe. Oh, the yeah. word. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, Jordan Cersei. Maxwell. Jordan Maxwell yeah. tells us the word church comes from her name, Circe. But yeah, I mean, um, Jordan yeah. says a lot of things like who knows, but um, so I yeah, this whatever. reminds me of Kai Bell, right? Yeah. So, Sibley, yeah, Sibley, Sibley. I, I know right. people pronounce this differently, but philologists yeah, yeah. say Sibley. Sibley, um, well, I'll say that then too. Okay. Yeah, she's the great mother, you know, she castrates yeah. too. Did you know? Yeah. I was watching, I was reading this text um, by Lucian. And I'm, I'm watching in this text, he's describing one of her festivals, oh. right? And um, the, she describes this 10-year-old kid that comes up. He's in the, he's in the Bacchic moment, you know, because the drugs they're giving him are over the top, you know. Yeah. He's in the Bacchic moment, and he cuts off his testicles, right? Cuts off his testicles. Can you imagine cutting off your own testicles when you're a kid? Nope. That, that, that takes a lot. That takes a lot of commitment. Imagine the mind control that person was under, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Lucian says it's so strong. The influence is so strong that you can have people who just show up because they're being tourists to these festivals. Yeah. And they'll, they'll end up cutting their cutting off their testicles. Now, what do you wow. do with your testicles? They, the would cut, they would cut everything. They would make themselves numos, like the ones for the, the, the uh, Gali priests, yeah. like they would, and they would put a reed in their, in their pee hole, their urethra to, so it doesn't seal shut. And it creates like their pubic hair makes like this, uh, where the balls used to be and where the penis was, it makes like three, three circles. And that looks like the Mickey Mouse face, too. It, it's like it goes yeah. deep. But I mean, look, but look, if you this, look at, okay. 
The doctors say, though, that full, full removal of the organs is, is not done to the extent that just removing the testicles is because right, right. too many people die from infection that way. Right. Well, these um, golly, the golly yeah. priests, it was just a few. It wasn't like everybody. They, they were, yeah. people were making eunuchs left and right. Um, yeah. For the, like, eunuchs can be just, and people think eunuchs are people who've lost their sexual drive. No, no, no. If you remove, if you remove an adult's testicles, just the testicles, right, which is easy. And they know how to do that, and it doesn't cause problems that messing around with the penis does yeah. surgically, right? Yeah. So, as a matter of fact, I was just reading the other day about a surgical reduction of a giant clitoris. And this doctor was talking about what do you do? He says this thing, right? He's talking about hermaphrodites and mm -hmm. this, this, the uh, special nature, their special nature. And he was talking about an in um, um, a, 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 hyper megalithic <laughs> um <laughs> um uh clitoris that he says becomes engorged just like a penis yeah and um becomes erect just like a penis and he was talking about what do you do how do you treat this surgically right so they are doing this kind of stuff but yeah they got a much better rate with just cutting off the testicles <laughs> right. and if you're an, if you're an adult man look imagine that you're a 40 year old um, Roman matron, you're a 40 year old Roman matron. Your husband is 75 and he's a Senator, right? Come on, man. What do you do? You have eunuchs, right? And these are grown men that you've cut their testicles off. You know what happens? They are still going to have sex drive, but they can't get you pregnant, right? So you have five or six of them. And everybody knows what goes on. It's a part of the process. And when you get people, di dictators who come along and say, we got to change the morality of this, and they legislate the morality of marriage, it's all, it's all a, a response. You know, even Jesus was walking around touching kids and saying, hey, um, some people are made eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. So that naked kid that was with him when he was arrested, and for all of those those of you who want this, it's Mark 14, 51 and 52. And I wrote, I wrote to theologians. As soon as I found this passage, I wrote to theologians. I wrote to the guy who's the head of the Greek program at Dallas Theological Seminary. Yeah, and said, hey, what's going on here? And all I got back was, this is somebody whose profession is teaching Greek to people. So I thought I had an in, but the answer that I got back was, I think that your motives for doing this are bad. Wait, what? No, no, no. I'm just asking you a textual question, right? right? These, these scholars, these so-called scholars that people have. You're on not YouTube. allowed to question. Yeah. No, 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 you're bad no, for no, questioning. No. I, <laughs> I just want the source. I just want you to tell me what the source is. Nobody can yeah. answer that. You walk up to anybody. If you're a non-Christian out there and you're tired of Christians trying to proselytize you, just ask them that question. Say, brother, tell me, who's the naked kid with Jesus when he gets arrested at 4 a.m. in a public park shouting, I am not a child trafficker? Why does nobody quote that? The words of Jesus, right? Love Race your stinks. neighbor. Right. Okay. Love your neighbor, number one. Number two, um, I am not a child trafficker. 
Jeez. I'm yeah. sorry I'm laughing. I, I know this yeah. is like a lot of Christian listeners are like, oh, freaking on blaspheme. <laughs> but I mean, really, you know, like we're it's it, we need to look at it logically. And, and, and I'm, I'm not afraid of looking at this, you know. But, uh, so please, I hope you're not afraid of listening to this, too. So uh, why do you think why do you think that he was saying he wasn't a child trafficker? What now the word is lace taste, right? Is correct. That just so correct. People know? Right. OK. Yeah. And that's a classical term. Whoops. <laughs> I got so excited. That's a classical <laughs> term that is used for the group of people who sail into your port and they take your children right they take your daughters and we have record after record this goes all the way back to homer about what the lace days are so when jesus says that it's shocking and profound and it makes complete sense that he says it while he's standing next to a naked kid because they went to grab the cops the roman cops that were there went to grab the kid and when they did, he ran off and the bandage that was wrapped around his private parts came off and he ran away naked. It says specifically, explicitly twice he's naked. And I love, I love, you can ask your pastor, please go to your pastor, your, your Sunday school teacher, say, what is this naked kid doing with Jesus? You'll get some of the funniest responses ever. I, I watched one time. Depending pastor. on which pastor you talk to, some of them <laughs> like that type of shit. I watched one pastor um, try to defend this, and he was in Israel making a video about it. And he said that kid was one of the buried corpses in the cemetery where Jesus was when he was arrested, yelling, I'm not a child trafficker. That kid was one of the dead people, and Jesus let off a glory bomb. Now, I don't know what a glory bomb is, Sounds gross. but apparently it resurrected the kid right out of the ground and he just crawled out naked. And then when the Romans tried to grab him, of course, he ran off because every resurrected naked kid knows that it's not good to be in Roman custody. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Jeez>. so, <laughs> uh, so, OK. All right. So another little glimpse is where this conversation is going. But I, I, I want to talk more uh, before we get off of the Cybell and the cult drugs. Um, so the 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 lace taces would take the children and sell them into prostitution right it's like prostitution right yeah so, or, or, yeah or marriage or marriage you could just oh, go I into see. a port right. and you could exhibit you could exhibit the girls you just stole that we have morning songs by the way the mothers whose children are getting stolen this kind of stuff um you know and if they steal you and you're you, you know you're part of a rich family they'll they'll trade you back for money Wow. right it's the way it works and by the way jesus is crucified with lay stays on either side of him um remember oh people, the other two individuals on the other yeah. crosses are also right. lay stays right right wow. and people say people translate that as robber oh it must be robber right no no, no. if you, you had read a single work outside of the new testament Mr. Evangelical Pastor, if you had read one work outside of the New Testament in Greek, 
you would have known what a lace stace is and why it's so terrible. That whole that crowd that that's is why they chose Barabbas, right? Because exactly. lace stace and, is worse, right? Right. They don't care about people who are murdering people. It's those <laughs> creeps who get arrested in public parks with naked kids. Notice, notice too. I want to say one thing, and I'm, I'm sorry I get so excited, but um, <laughs> the the actual Bible is so much more interesting than what people teach in Sunday school. That that um when when Jesus gets arrested and he's off with the authorities and Peter, who, by the way, is a teenager who, and Peter, right. You didn't think it was odd that Jesus was with 12 children. Did you, mm. um, they call them the apostles, right? They're, they're children. They're all underage. He, don't you realize Jesus is taking people from their parents? He finds James and John with their dad fishing. And he's like, hey, let's go. And they leave their dad so they can catch men. Anyway, <laughs> no, that's what it says, literally. Oh, I say Jesus when I, when I hear that shit. Right. It's like in my brain. Like, oh my when, God. I... When Jesus, okay. yeah. Yeah, the, the, the actual history is gross, isn't it? Yeah. When, Jesus, when, when Jesus is under arrest and he's being put through his trial, um, Peter tries to go you know, listen to up to what's going on. And somebody who's there recognizes him and says, you're one of the boys from Galilee. You're one of those. They call her, you know what, you know what she is a child prostitute recognizes him, right. a child prostitute. This is one of the kids that was with 11 other kids and Jesus in the upper room when Jesus took off all his clothes. Didn't anybody notice that? He's washing feet naked, brah. He uses a little towel that he puts around. It's a towel that he puts around his private parts, and then he dries their feet with the towel, right? These are kids. And you're saying, wait a minute. I thought these were all bearded older men. No, they're mafetes. What is that? What, what, is, a, what is a student? A student's a kid. Didn't you wonder why John was sitting on his lap at the Last Supper? Did nobody check that? It says he's coming up to here. That's a kid, brah. That's a kid. And what is Jesus doing? He's giving another kid a drugged, a drugged piece of bread. Oh my God, are you kidding? We have texts. I'm not kidding you. We have texts that talk about the drugs that Jesus was using and not just the drugs that Mary Magdalene used on him, but the drugs that he was using, not the drugs that Paul was saying, you know, um, you know, Paul's uh, uh, immune to viper venom, right? For a very good reason right because they're using it to get to the heavens right paul oh god i'm having my trip and i'm i'm out there in the third heaven how do you think prophets work right right we have texts that talk about the individual drugs that jesus was on one of them was an antidote talks about the one that they gave him on the cross they were trying to give him oxus and everybody says oh oh it's vinegar right it's vinegar no read any other text outside the new testament i can show you a formula called oxus that is an inhibitor of the dipsas the horned viper venom that jesus is on 
And Nonus points this out and says, by the way, they were trying to give him antidote on the cross, right? Why? What's he? Because what's he doing? He's crazed and he's shouting, right? Sabachthon. And people say, oh, my God, it's the language of angels. No, it's not. You can find it in the papyrus Graikai Magikai, the Greek magical papyri. You can find it in there. And what is it? It's an expression for somebody who's undergoing the mystery. Sabachthon. Sabachthon. Chthon is of the earth. Saba is where is our root for sabbat. And you say, oh, oh, that's Hebrew. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a thousand years pre-Hebrew. And it's a Greek rite that involves a savior and the creation of a savior. Oh, you're kidding me, right? If you people would read the text, you people in seminaries and you people who stand up in pulpits and lie to your people and say, I read Greek. You know, pastors, um, um, anybody involved with, with religious studies hates me because we'll always point out, I will always point out that you pretend to know the Greek and you don't read Greek. I know you don't. I can hear it the way you talk. I can hear that you don't really read it. So my, that's my big beef. That's what gets my goat is that people who come and they tell you, oh, this is from the Greek. You, got, you have no idea. A guy did that to me in an interview just recently, a Gnostic informant. A guy did that to me. Oh, well, you know, he comes on. He's a big, he's got his own, inst he works for an institute of Dead Sea Scroll Studies. Uh, you know, he's at a, he's, this guy's getting paid legitimately. And what does he what does he do? He comes in to our interview, and he says, "Hey, um, you can tell from the writing of the Greek and the Septuagint that this is originally a translation from Hebrew. You can tell." And I said, "I knew right away. I was like, this guy's a shill." And I said, "Hey, how much Greek have you read? You know Greek?" And he's like, "Yep." And I said, "How much Greek have you read? Have you read Homer? No. Have you read Callimachus? No. Have you read Sophocles? No. Aristotle?" Have you read any of the later Byzantine sources? Nope, 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 nope. Right? This guy is a, is a BS champion. This guy is lying, lying to you. And everybody will believe it because we have to have that fairy tale construction. These guys make money off of that. Do you know what the Greeks said about those guys? They get it in the end, right? You cannot make money off of appropriating the muse. History right. is history, and you have respect for it, and you honor the evidence that's there. I'm sorry. That's a little no, you're good. Stuff. No, I get it, because money is debt. In essence, money is slavery of another person. It, you, know, you mentioned mind control, and I mentioned it earlier. Like Money is mind control. It makes people do things they wouldn't do. You know, uh, So really, people just want to acquire more power over the minds of others. That's what all that paper chase is but so okay so like you said these uh you the the kid recognized uh, uh the laystace from galilee and that makes me think why gal galilee and the the sibylle priest uh priests that become priestesses after they chop everything they wear women's clothes and they whore themselves prostitutes for the church that's how they make money and and people donate their young women to the church as well uh, 
So that's, but anyway, the, uh, they're Gali priests, Gali. And I'm wondering if that relates and if uh, Jesus was doing the same type of mystery religion that goes back to the Sibylle, um, because they, I mean, uh, in order to absolve from sin, the, the, the countrymen or whatever, the people would go to the Sibylle church and they would, uh, they would have sex with a young woman who wasn't allowed to say no and their ejaculate is the release of all their sins and then they're pure when they go home and then the the priestess takes that and purifies it or whatever so it's and then they they have to pay like the collection plate of the roman catholic church i mean the saint peter's basilica is built on sibylle's church like that's the same place like it's uh it's like they're absorbing that into their religion, you know? Um, so I, I, I see like maybe they're, you know, from Galilee and he's this dude who has long hair and a beard, you know? Um, and, uh, but it's, it's interesting that in the Christian texts and all that, he abstained from sex completely. Like, there was no sex at all in his life. And meanwhile, his like best friend is a hooker and like, you know, uh, it, it's, it seems odd to me that this would be the case. And it seems like maybe they're trying to keep that piece of the magic, like from like, keep it occulted. Cause like, even like Crowley said that, I mean, he discovered, I guess that all magic is sex magic. And really that's what, you know, and that's what the, like the Ishtar cults, they would, uh, the, you know, the Inanna cult, same as the Kaibel Sibylle cult or whatever, it goes back. And um, uh, so anyway, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, I kind of lost my train here, but there's the, a lot of there's a lot of sex and drugs that are intermingled and yes. in the in the right that i was describing to you from the beginning the mystery right where you're born again um they're giving you satyrian and satyrian causes erection um why are they doing this because to bring you to a state of orgasm while the priestess sings the song can't be any song it's got to be the song that does something to you um, everything that you're talking about, you're trying to reconstruct the rites that they're performing, mm. right? And the only way that we have to do that is to look at the evidence. And the strongest evidence that we got is the scientific stuff that won't lie. If you're taking aphrodisiacs that cr um, create an erection so that you have the satur, you have the satyr, right? Um, right. And, um, this is all based upon a Bronze Age religion that uses the STR roots. The oystrous is the place that you want to go. The oystromania is what you want to have to enter into that prophetic state. This is all within um, the worship of Saturnus, right? You say it that way, Saturnus. How do we say it further east in like the Saturnus. Mediterranean? We, we, right? we, say that... sa, we say Saturn 
And what happens to that row? That row gets dropped and it becomes Satan, right? Mm. People will tell you, modern scholars, modern religious history scholars, which are the worst, right? Harvard's religious history department. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to one of their meetings if they paid me to. Um, they're so pathetically sad, just emotionally and psychically sad. Um, they don't, they're, look, what, how can I say that, you know, and all realistic? Every classicist who's hearing this is laughing because, you know, it's a joke. Biblical scholars are a joke. Religious right. history scholars are a joke to classicists. Why? Because they've got no instrument with which to work. Every samurai has a samurai sword. Where's your sword? They've got no instrument. And they say, oh, we, um, some of them will say, oh, we've learned, especially the ones from Harvard, will say, oh, um, yes, we've accessed a little this Greek. And No, you haven't. No, you haven't. You're not classically trained. You don't read texts. Right, you're just saying that because you can look into the New Testament and you've had a smattering of Greek, and you think because the lexicon tells you that that it means that you don't know because you haven't saturated yourself with these texts. I tell my, I used to tell my seminarian students um, on the first day of class, and it angered everybody. Right, it angered everybody. I, I would tell them, "You've never read the Bible. You have never read it. I will teach you how to read the Bible." I'll give you the Greek, and where you go with it is up to you. And I've had the students would come to me after they'd been progressed through my course, and they would say, you know what, Dr. Hillman, you were right. You were right. I didn't see it. I really was not seeing the text. And that's when you get excited. Right? I went into class one day, and one of my seminarians raises it. Oh, my God, I found it. I said, tell me, what'd you find? He said, cannabis. I said, where'd you find cannabis? And he said, it's in the, here, Solomon. They're talking about using it. Um, oh, fantastic, right? Look, he was able to make his way to a source and access that source. That's what people who defend the museum do, is you protect those sources. I want you to go back and look at the sources. Don't form your opinion based on me, but look at those sources. When you're talking about those rights, the mysteries. Christianity is a mystery religion. Ask yourself, what is Christ? What is Christ? Right? Christians will think there's one, Jesus the Christ, or Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Right? Um, you know, holy Christ, for goodness sake. What is a Christ? Do you think that was invented when Jesus popped onto the scene? Boop. And there he was, oh, I'm a Christ. And everybody looked at each other and they're like, what is a Christ? Right? Right? No, that's an old, old, old word that goes way back into the medicine. Did you know it's a medical word? To Christ somebody is a medical word. And where do we first see Christing used? We see it in the late Bronze Age with a woman named Medea, who's queen and she's so popular that the uh, um, the nations around her, the ethnic groups around her, because um, they weren't really nations, the ethnic groups that were around her changed their name. They called themselves Medes just to follow her. They built temples to her all over the place. She built up. She was queen of Babylon. She built up Babylon. People are don't know this woman, but she's the one that we have the first Christing of. She is the Christ.
Okay, we had a little hiccup in the in the internet. So uh, you were talking. Well, let's just say, what is Christ? What is a Christ, and what is Christing? Someone? Yeah. So it is a Greek word, and it is a Greek word that predates the um, New Testament by about a thousand years. Um, it is a term that comes out of the Bronze Age, and it's a term that is used in the medicine for the application of a drug. And the first time we see this is with the woman, Medea, who is a queen. And she is the one who is experimenting with the dotes and the antidotes. She's the one who is, um, her kingdom is really pushing this whole um, pharmacological technique that's emerging in the Bronze Age. And she is the Christ. What does she do? We have a very, very good description of her being Christed and then taking a drug to people to change the way they think in order to enter a Bacchic mania. She looks like one of the founders, if not the founder, of Bacchic worship, and it's chemically induced worship. And that Christing is her use of drugs. Now, we also have medical texts just as... Uh, um, from early all the way up until Byzantine, medical texts that tell us to Christ someone is to apply this drug which induces the oysters. Oysters is the word for gadfly. It's the oystromania that the Christ is undergoing. That's what makes them a prophet. And this term, by the time Jesus gets on the scene and adapts it for his um, from his roots, that it's already been around for a thousand years, that concept. So this is nothing new. Hmm. And um, um, he's not the, the fairy tale would have you believe that the Christians propagate. Um, and it's supported by Orthodox Judaism because it has to be, right? Um, that narrative is a complete fabrication of the actual history where we have these drugs being used. If you're a Christ, you're drugged. That's what Christ means. Interesting. Yeah, uh, that, again, puts me to thinking of uh, Sibylle because she made Attis go crazy, so much so he was in such a mania that he cut off his junk. And the blood created a violet purple flower, and then they put that in a pine tree, and and now we bring trees into our house, uh, you know, on the twenty fifth of December or whatever. Um, so like it, it, the mania of it, like that, and the satyr, it's it like I never thought like satyr Saturn, because I know the Saturn Satan thing. But I never thought of Seder, Saturnus, like the Pan, you know, the goat god, the horned god of, you know, of the witches or whatever. That's, it's very interesting. You said that earlier, but. Yeah, yeah. When you think Seder too, you got to think erection. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's because, true. Yeah. Because that's how they're always portrayed. That's their, your, their unique characteristic. Right. Their magic that's power. The, and the nymphs the, they had, they, you know, running right, around with them. Right. Right. What do they call Pan in antiquity? He's the nymph chaser. 
and everybody's like, oh, I know somebody like that, right? <laughs> um, that is who he is. And their teachers and all of this that they're establishing, those, what do we call them? We call them kentauroi. We call them centaurs. That's translated centaur. And you think of centaur and you you think of the fairy tale. You think mm. of the dude who's half horse and he walks in. He's Nobody, in Fantasia. Right? They would laugh. Movie. Right. <laughs> they would laugh about that in antiquity if they mm. thought you were that stupid. They would <laughs> do. Do you not understand nature? How that works? Mm. Um, no. What's a kentauron? Um, that is, um, if you if you check with the Victorians in 1850s, how they define that, they say it equals the pederastes, right? The pederast, Chiron. The, the, any of the centaurs they're pederasts wow. right why do you think uh, and you say whoa wait a minute um, <laughs> yeah. right no 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 for them the sexual maturity and the education went hand in hand right yeah, just they, like just like for Jesus the mysteries don't change the sexual maturity is a part of the right and those students remember how Jesus walked Oh, my lambkins. Oh, my little, little lambs, right? Come, don't let people scandalize. Did anybody ever wonder what Jesus is walking around saying, I'm going to get scandalized? And they say, hey, the parents don't want you to keep touching the kids. And he's like, oh, you're going to scandalize me. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It is, so baked, it is baked within the right. Pederasty is baked within the right. One of the drugs that they use is called the pederast. It is wow. the acacia, the the acanthos, the acacia root, right, or bark that they grade into a drug and use in their formula. And guess what it does? It facilitates the pederasty, right? Is Jesus arrested with a naked boy for a reason? Definitely. And it completely fits the context of him raising his hand saying, I am not a, I am not a child trafficking um creepo and so you know, didn't work so okay so let's they, we kind of skipped over a big piece that you were talking about this medea so medea was a child right when she was abducted right she was stolen and uh they discovered she was this magic girl right and can you and she she discovered a pharmacological technique Right. And maybe that will help us understand why Jesus was doing that stuff. So maybe uh, explain about how she was a young girl abducted into prostitution or whatnot and how she was discovered to be this magic thing that they that they revered so highly. Yeah, she is part of a family. They call them the children or the daughters of the son. And Hecate is considered to be one of them. Um, a lot of people say Hecate herself is the mother of Medea. And um, her, of course, her sister is Circe. She's another daughter of the sun. Um, all of that terminology is that late Bronze Age um, worship that they're performing, right? What does that mean? It's that astral. It's all about the house of dawn. It's about the dawn bringers. And who is the dawn bringer? It's Eosphoros. And those of you who are listening will say, oh, my God, that's Lucifer, right? Yes, exactly. That's the cult that they are worshiping and functioning in. They're living and breathing in it. Their medicine is all channeled through it. Medea is depicted, and this is by 
um, the fellow, uh, one of the Quindecamwerian in Rome. These are the 15 people in Rome who guard the Sibylline books, right? The Sibylline books, which had been handed down from the Vatican. And you're like, what? The Vatican? Uh, yeah, the Vatican Hill, Hill where they worship, where Vagoya right. and those, those, um, those prophetesses, these, these are oracles, strictly women, where they worshipped Vaticanus. And you're like, wait, that's a god, an ancient god? Yeah, we're talking a 1,000 years, 700 to a 1,000 years before Christianity, right? This is what's going on. And anyway, the somehow the entire Mediterranean knows about this one woman up on the Black Sea who is in, in a place called Colchis. And by the way, that's the name of a drug right and she has a reputation for knowing the drugs better than anybody else but her song is considered even more powerful and one of the members of the quindecum weary describes medea and when he does it's very strange because he says she has the appearance the appearance of somebody who has not yet completed puberty right has the appearance of that right except she is with a group of Scythians, and these Scythians are the ones who collect and process her drugs for her. They're all women, right? And they're from a tribe where you have to kill three men in order to be able to earn the right to breed. And when you breed, you don't just, this is not the same as dating. When you breed, you go out and you find, as a group, you find the man that you want to have sex with, and you tie him up and have sex with him. Don't worry. Don't worry. We have drugs that we can give him rectally that will cause him to have an erection. We don't even need him to be aroused. Whether you kill him when you're done or let him go, that's up to you. That's up to you. But um, that baby that's born, if it's a female, that's a keeper. If it's a male, um, we're going to eat it. Right. I'm, I'm telling you, these are wow. real people, real people. It kind of makes you wonder why fetus sounds like feed us. <laughs> you know, a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's I, I just want you to have a feel for the differences and environments. Right. Yeah. These th this is the type of woman she is, but she appears to be it, um, in the midst of her pubertal growth. Why do the Greeks want her, right? It's so important that even Herodotus, Herodotus is like, you know, all of our history, it's kind of rotates around the abduction of these four people, right? And one of them is, the, is Medea, right? Later authors are saying Medea is Helen, right? And Achilles is getting images that Medea is projecting into his brain, right? She's getting those, he's getting those images. That's why he comes and he sees her on the walls of Troy, Achilles. Do you remember who she ends up with in the underworld? What happens? The underworld is the marriage of the Medwa or Medea and the Achilleus, the Achilles. That's what is the perfection. You know the marriage ceremony of Jesus and the church? It's like the Hieros Gamos. The right? lamb, exactly. That's how you say right. it in Greek. That marriage is based upon the model from Medea, the first Christ, right? The very first Christ. Anyhow, that's how she's described. Now, the funny thing is, is how do you get, how do you get a group of people, 
arist- these were people with with uh, possessions, wealth, and power in order to build boats that they could sail, take a group of people and sail out and abduct, right? Take this girl. Um, why would they be wanting to do that? Why would they? Because she can do things that they couldn't. And on a ram's fleece was written her song. And they guarded this thing. They guarded this thing. And the dudes that guarded it, um, dragon. What's a dragon? The ancient sources tell us that, you know, you think of dragon and you think of Tolkien and you think of, you know, Lord of the Rings and Frodo. Oh, right. No, a dragon is a dude who protects a relic. He protects a song and he's there for that thing's preservation, right? For that thing's preservation. That was her song that was written on that thing. And you think, what's the big deal? You know, all the epics that came before Homer, we don't have any that survived, but we have accounts of what they were about. And they were about Medea. So this is a woman. And by the way, in Rome, those are gone. Like they took those ones away. The Medea ones, because that's like occulting the truth from the masses. Those Medea ones are not visible to us. We can't find that. Yeah. Sorry, Fortune- I didn't mean to. Didn't no, mean to, uh, to no, no, that's an a- okay. excellent point. Fortunately, later authors are able to say, hey, we need to revive these traditions. We need to write them down and record them. Thank- thankfully, you know, she did get that attention. Virgil, when he wrote the Aeneid, right? Virgil, when he wrote the Aeneid, he based book four. The character of Dido never existed. Servius tells us that he just used Medea. And created the character off of her. They have temples in Italy to Medea. She came. She came to Italy. Her sister is active. Her aunt, her um, whichever she is, because it's different in different accounts. Um, Circe, whichever whoever she was related to her sister or aunt, she has her own kingdom off the off uh, Italy, right? And um, so Medea shows up, and they build her a temple. Why? Because she ended up saving somebody who was uh, bitten by one of their local marsh snakes, right? And she ended up saving them. She knew which drugs to use, and they, they built a temple to her. They actually called her a god while she walked on this earth. And you think, wow, that's something almost kind of Christ-like to it, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow, right. Exactly. Heracles, Heracles, who was in the expedition to take her, because he was a brute, right? He did this to the Amazonian tribes too, right? And ended up getting becoming a slave of one of the queens. And she would dress him up in her lingerie. I think that's cool. But uh, yeah, so um, Heracles, who was there, he starts his own mysteries. And we have his temples all over the place, right? Became very popular Bronze Age stuff to worship in the rites of Heracles. And there was only, they were, first of all, it was limited to boys. Okay, limited to boys, just like the disciples of Jesus. Limited to boys, there was only one woman allowed to enter into um, the temple when they were worshiping, and that was Medea. Why? Because she was the cup. She was the one who produced the communion drug. It was her blood and flesh that brought you the resurrection. 
Isn't that, isn't that something? And this yeah. is a thousand years before Jesus. She's the only one allowed in to worship because she is the cup. Lady Babylon's cup is a cup of pornea. If you've read the book of Revelation or the, the book of the apocalypse. Is it abominations um, in the cup? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes, okay. it's the bdelugma, right? The bdelugma, that off-running is what is the pornea. They say it's full of pornea. The cup of Lady Babylon is her pornea, right? Her ejaculate is the communion. And they're doing this stuff in the Middle Ages. This rite is preserved through time. There's Christians that do it in the Middle Ages. There are quote-unquote witches that do it. And they've got their priestess oracle who's sitting above that tripod. And they induce an orgasm in her with an alabastron, which is an ancient dildo. And then they take what it is that she produces and they dilute it and distribute it among the people as if it were some sort of um, in, inducement to um, the third heaven, the place where Paul's going. That's right. Right. It's so it's beautiful. It's like yeah. um, there's also starfire of the um, menstrual blood is also like highly regarded in like ancient like magic. You got the red and the white, like the the you know the colors of magic. The red is the uh, the fertile soil that the seed is is uh, impregnating or whatever. So it, it carries that magical. Um, you know, like I said earlier, all magic is sex magic. So like, this makes sense to me. Uh, you know, and so I wanted to get into how she got that way. Like she was treated with vipers, right? Um, yeah. It the so the bacchic the bacchic ritual um, is led by menads. It's led by women, and it's essentially groups of women that enter states of mania. Um, and they they do these martial acts. They're very well organized. It's think of a chorus, think of a chorus that's trained to dance and sing and kill, <laughs> right? And they have their own weapons, and they carry around. They have a special weapon called the thyrsus. It's basically a club um, that's wielded. You know, it's a club on the end of a staff, right? You can break somebody's like a brain morning open. star. Right, with this thing, morning star. Morning right? star, the, right, right. Yeah, right. What can you do? That Asterian is what they're all using, right? Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, but they have a basket full of those vipers and dildos. Isn't that interesting? Vipers and dildos. Let's see, what can a group of women, who, by the way, they can be slaves, right they can be slaves they can be free it doesn't matter what their status is how much during money they the, have during the bacchanal the slaves are free they would yeah. wear a uh, cap um you know a phrygian cap and phrygia yeah. is where sibylle yeah. comes from so anyway, some, go ahead. Yeah. yeah some of them right with their little phrygian cap and the later those dirty little you know um gnostics and those dirty little masons um, they tried to adopt those symbols and everything. Oh, those right, exactly. Um, but I mean, look, they they attached it to freedom and such. But you're saying that this uh, this is like the rights of Medea, basically, uh, or right? The, the, of the right. cult of Medea, right? Right, right. She is the one who begins that. She's that Bacchic founder 
Um, remember that she's directly associated with the goings-on of the temples of Diana in the Black Sea, right? Um, and what they're doing there is what you and I would call human sacrifice, mm -hmm. right? You, you wash up, and they're going to torture you and kill you. And, and her line, her, the daughters of the sun, they're the ones who are propagating this right and so much so that she is even called while she lives the diwanasa right which is an old old mycenaean title goes way back it probably goes back um to pulaski and before it um but it is that it is that queen wanasa um who is the god who is the dewa um and so um she uh, is called while she's living this um, Diana, this form. And so the practices that they're performing, all of these human sacrifices, um, we know it feeds into their testing of the drugs, the, the dotes and the antidotes that they're giving in order to build, in order to build this science where they turn the human body. You asked about who Medea is. She becomes the vessel for this chemical power that is able to create the bacchic mania so it evolves into groups of women who they have their party thing up in the mountains very disciplined um drug induced hallucinatory and you know if you go up and they catch you they'll they'll kill you and there's nobody who will prosecute them for that that's your fault right these these are hunters right if i could show you and again remember these are not people like you and I. These are not people who drive to work, who come home, who sit and watch a screen. And, you know, you know, if we walk up and down the street, we get winded, right? These are people, remember, she's with groups that are horse cultures that all the time, she has to be able to ride a horse and shoot backwards at a gallop. I, I rode horses when I lived in Israel and worked in Israel. I rode horses every day for over a year and took care of them. And I can tell you for a fact, um, I would never attempt that ever. I wouldn't have the guts to in a full gallop, um, and nor would I have the balance. And I've got the testicles, and you know, so it's probably they're going to be bouncing up and down. It's just enough for me to stay out of that saddle. You know yeah. what I mean? I was thrown from a horse when I was like 13 and I know, it's scary, dude. I mean, <laughs> you're way up there and you, if you hit your head, like, but I was okay, you know, yeah. but I, now, you know, to go, to be galloping, you're talking about the Medusae, right? Correct. These, correct. These are the yeah. Pulaskian, uh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Who, who are the Medusae? It's the same root as Medea, right? Um, and they are guardians. They call them guardians. They're the equivalent to the dragons, but they're on the, f uh, the uh, female side. Mm -hmm. And guess what they do for these Medusae? Well, if you catch one in a temple, right, um, they will use their hair. Their hair is full of the poison, what they call the burning purple. That stuff that will knock you out, it'll paralyze you, turn you to stone. And is they this will... the same stuff that they use to dye the robes of the royals in, the, in like uh, the medieval times? Uh because purple from these little snails yeah uh it creates a purple dye that is more valuable than gold and the that, burning purple the, the burning purple that they're putting in your hair has mm. that element in it that element or 
is derived from this little slug. That yeah. coloring, that purple right. is there. But what they're using in their hair is a compound form that is going to have not only the purple, it's got a whole bunch of things in it. We have these recipes, by the way, and they're full of like psychosis inducing things that have scopolamine and atropine and hyoscyamine. Scary. Those, those chemicals will, will cause you to be psychotic. Yeah. Right. They'll cause you to be psychotic. Well, you need that if your cult is using that power. Right, you need to be able to enter that state, and the Minas were entering that state so much so, that, and you know they're athletic, and they're um, hunters, right? Huntresses, if you want to use modern English, a, a huntress, right? Mm -hmm. They're hunters, and what do they do? They hunt people. And did you know that you can tear somebody apart when you give somebody the right drugs, who is physically fit? They can tear a human being apart. A group of them can tear a human being apart and that's what they do it's a sacred meal because they are going to feast on your blood and flesh your blood and flesh contain chemicals at that point i guess right. when you're getting i guess when you're getting torn apart there's something about the excitement kick, kicks off a lot of adrenaline and Ouch. you know you know what that juice does you know you can suck somebody's blood when they're in a state of complete panic and you know what that does oh god you gotta you gotta be there right yeah that's what uh the famous adrenochrome on the internet people like look that up and um you know and we we know from the the abuse of children in sra and like even the blood libel stuff that that used to happen uh they would bleed children and the 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 fear of that while it's happening and they would let it go for hours little cuts you know and they would take the blood and and finally they cut the neck and then and they would open it up and throw it in the fire all this like ritual uh disgusting stuff but that blood is infused with drugs like humans that, are drug factories really yeah, and that's that what Medea is doing Right, fetus, yeah, that, right. That, that that fetus is a little drug manufacturer, right? And we have an account. I just read this and put it on Lady Babylon, um, which, by the way, I am not monetized. I will never be monetized so that people can know I'm not doing this for money. The devil hates it when you do shit for money. It pisses him off, right? It's part of the contract. You can't make a contract with the devil and take any coin it's just the way it is right he wants that purity so um so you can get that um i just i just read from hesychius a description of an early christian sect that they were condemning of course as being you know this is not good to do this but this early christian sect would have priestesses and you're like wait a minute what priestesses and it says the text says they were highly trained they would bring them together and they would assemble just with the women the seed that had been collected and they would inseminate these girls with the seed very technical on how to do it you got to do it the right way i used to work ai i can tell you for artificial insemination and i can tell you for a fact getting cows pregnant is not easy there's a technique there's a technique you got to use right 
Mm -hmm. um you even got to finish in the right way why if you don't finish in the right way she doesn't squeeze and shoot that semen up into the right position oh okay i see it's almost like you got to do a, a sexual thing yeah because sex is how you bring um that seed to the place of, of generation right? right exactly um uh, what were they doing um, i'm telling you he's 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 writing this and i'm reading it in greek and i'm translating it for people on lady babylon and he says explicitly they get inseminated we come back in nine months and we collect those fetuses we collect those fetuses and what do we do we cause them little contusions and cuts and those contusions and cuts can then be bled what do we do with the blood we then add it to our communion wow. there is something now wait a minute those girls that were those virgin mothers right because they're virgins they're conceiving outside of nature those virgins are now incubating within them a source for drug making they are giving those virgins slits in their arms daily and applying these wraps the same one that jesus has got in the garden when he gets arrested with that naked kid they're applying these wraps to the wounds that they make and these wraps are impregnated with the drugs that they're using they talk about how to prep these wraps right not only how to prep the drugs and how to make the concoctions but how to apply it to the linen so that you can wind it onto the injury and it'll soak right these girls that they're doing this to so if those girls are incubating fetuses that fetus is being affected by the drug regimen and it's it's uh, mostly snake venoms it they're being affected by that drug regimen so that when they come out you can't you can't do this with a regular baby right but you can do it with one of these they are manufacturing centers for drugs that's what um, valerius flaccus calls them in latin he says they are the device for making the drug that's what that's why medea reaches down when she's about she's about to take jason to the heights she's about to make him a hero right this is why they abducted her she's about to make him a hero he's got to go face the fire and how does she do it she reaches down to her colpos she reaches down to her in latin it's a sinus to her vagina and she removes the drug from her vagina and then christ's him iason which by the way iason and jesus are the same name jesus and jason that's the same name fantastic oh god very, very love this stuff yeah yeah wow so okay so with the application of viper venom and an alabastron or you know uh so that is the caduceus right the staff and the snakes and that's what's on every ambulance like it's interesting and it's also the symbol of money <laughs> it's the staff and the snake yeah. and now you know why moses in when he's written into the right. old testament why it is that he is the one who's holding up the snake on the staff and saying anybody that comes to this right he's just following all they were doing is in the third century when they're writing the bible um all they're doing is they're borrowing 
from what they were seeing in the museum and what they were seeing is that serpentine cult of salvation when moses right get this moses sets up a tent full of the burnt offerings what are burnt offerings they're not animals it's incense what is the tent called that he sets up enthusiastadion not a hebrew term enthusiastadion it's too technical the, the hebrew language couldn't support it what is enthusiastadion it's a place that you go to be filled with the God and hear the voice, right? Hmm. Where, where did they talk to God? In that pillar, that pillar of smoke. They even had to tie a rope to their legs so that they could pull them out in case they fell over unconscious because the drugs they're using are crazy strong. Hmm. How else are you going to hear the voice of God? How else kind are you going to be a prophet? So this is like the thurible in the Catholic Church it's this device that they swing around and there's like uh there's a hot coal with like uh resins on the hot coal and it slowly burns and this is what makes the smoke in the church that the the priest is you know and you know it, like people can remember in eyes wide shut he was using a thurible the guy you know the the ritual priest or whatever um and this consecrates the space it does many things in magic and it's as well as catholicism uh, it's the same you know it's kind of the same basic structure and um so this is where like this is they would have drugs in the resins like the uh the frankincense and myrrh are also resins that are used in the thurible um i'm sure this is probably part of the 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 smoke in the pillar of smoke that you're talking about right yeah and the thurible is from the latin tus tourists um which means frankincense um well, so okay. the one that they use now um is is the same administration device for the drug right it's a cigarette if you will um but at the same time they're not using they change the formulae um for example let me give you one concrete example so you know i'm not making this up um mandrake mandrake right everybody knows that you got to be careful around certain women because those witches they have they make mandrake candles you can burn these things and put people to sleep it's an anesthetic they use the mandrake on the in the roman army right they've got two major drugs that they're using for anesthesia one of them is of course opium which galen says not too much opium because it'll kill you it'll slow your heart and it'll kill you but the mandrake right you can fumigate it's called fumigation right it's the word for sacrifice right thumiamata are are things that you fumigate right to thuo in greek is to fumigate to burn an incense it's not to take a sheep and cut his throat pour his blood david toma no it's not they're not doing that they're doing fumigations with drugs to cause you to enter a certain state you could take that priest you know everybody out there who's got your catholic priest go out there. i just teach at a catholic seminary go out there and get your thurible and take it and fill it with mandrake walk up and down the aisles and all of a sudden you you're going oh my god why are people getting tired in here if you leave them if you take that thurible put it on the ground just let the place fumigate while they sit there doing their sign of the cross and everything you could come back and they can all be asleep 
You know what you can do with them while they're asleep? Hypnosis, <laughs> right? I mean, hypnosis for one, but then like it can get darker, I'm sure, you know, like but right. that's really like what is i mean what what is modern media what are they doing you know like it's the same they put us to sleep and they give us the the indoctrination that they tell us you know they show us the dead guy hanging there and they're like "Ooh, rome will kill you if you do something wrong like you know it's a it's really like it keeps keeps people in line like it, it trains their subconscious you know and it trains their them to be uh subjects you know Give to Rome what is Rome's. Um, oh, okay. What you're doing when you're fumigating somebody, yeah, is you're you're forcing them into a certain mode. What's the difference between that and feeding somebody a fairy tale or propaganda, right? Winding winding them up mentally, right? There's no difference, right? We exactly. Just, we just don't use the natural substances anymore. You know what I mean? Right now it's all like fluoride fucking, you know, and all this other like, you know, just it's toxins still like it's really interesting. So like okay, the, so the uh the medusae had this purple in their hair. They would uh infect the arrow and shoot one person and four people are off the battlefield because this dude's going crazy and uh it eventually kills him right but they're immune it's in their hair it's touching their body they're immune to this stuff because they because been treated. as girls yeah because as right. girls they were subjected to it because right. as girls they were raised when they were dedicated to the temple to become guardians medusae right you think oh i thought a medusa had a snaky hair and blah, right no Get, wake right. up from the viper tale. venom in right. the hair right 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 i mean this is this is sexy stuff when you sean when you start reading the real stuff that's out there and um the text that we have you're like oh my god i want to meet one of these you know what i mean i want to but meet then you hear that, about their reptile like skin and their like pre undeveloped bodies you know right. it's really odd and then they're yeah. like eight feet tall or whatever yeah. on a horse and they're always they're described as always being a head taller than the tallest men right so this so is like the amazon tall like, same and, as the amazon women right i mean well yeah 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 the same kind of physical stature but the mm -hmm. medusae unlike the amazon women the medusae are described as having been put into a stage of development that never finished so they're described as having like puberty these, blockers these tiny these tiny grape-like breasts that you milk right galen talks about the milk from the prepubescent exudate and what it what it produces like what you can use it for um they're tall and they get skin problems they get kind of a scaly skin thing going it looks like some kind of dermatitis probably the second secondary effects of all that venom they're taking right mm -hmm. and they're not just the, you know i know there's a guy in england and he takes his venom every once in a while i'm not talking about that i'm talking about compound venoms being used on a daily basis and we know for example the um viper venoms can cause um prolactin production in the body and the use of um of they induce basically milking they induce the production of milk right well they figured this out they figured this out because the milk becomes an antidote then and i asked a physician i, I asked a, a toxinologist not a toxicologist 
toxinologist in Australia. Um, what do you do? Um, what's going on? And he said, best that we can tell. Looks like it's probably they're getting antibodies, right? So the reason that you have to suckle that milk in the right, the reason you have to have that milk is it's counteracting probably through antibodies. It's counteracting the negative side effects that you'd normally be getting from those venoms. And they don't make you swallow those venoms, right? Those venoms have to either be injected, that is on, on the end of an arrow, or you put them on an alabaster, you put them on a dildo, and you, and you give it to them rectally. They're getting rectal administration. My God, these people figured everything out. I mean, mm -hmm. they would turn the body into a drug-making machine this way. It's gorgeous, man. That type of that type of pharmacology is way more advanced. We've totally lost this 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 uh, knowledge. And I'll just throw this out there for your audience, just to maybe spark something. Um, guess what? This burning purple does. It stops cancers. Huh? Huh? It stops cancers. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Is that why? these medusae are able to achieve an older age is that why we you know we've got records of how old is that one that prophesies prophesy that gives out prophecy on sarah oh that's medea and how old is she well you know you know go look at boccaccio and see how old she is right um it's weird king numa of the romans has egeria and how old is Egeria? How old is this teenage girl that never ages that gave him all the religious laws of Rome? She actually dictated the. You mean this teenage girl dictated the religious law for the people to this king? And she's always six. Yeah, as long as he lived, she outlived him. She always was a teenager. What are they doing with the drugs under Medea? They're actually changing lifespan. They're changing lifespan. Isn't that amazing? How can you, what are they using in these drugs? It turns out they're multi-combos that take all sorts of toxins and use those toxins. I've even seen them um, use ones that you wouldn't think would like, how could that possibly be beneficial? Scorpion toxin? How can scorpion toxin be beneficial? I know in Pakistan, people smoke scorpions, right? And it gets them super high right um what is in those that they have discovered and what's the biochemistry of that there is a cancer cure out there there is a cancer i have read reputable ancient physicians right ones like galen who talk about look if drugs don't work they get booted right and we can't use ones that don't work so we have to rely on the ones that have been handed down to us that actually do something right he's got high standards because he's a physician and and these kinds of drugs oh my god if you're a woman and you want to have an abortion you're a woman you want to have an abortion you want to control your menstrual flow when i read this in a text i was shocked the first time i was like you mean they could dial up or dial down their flow imagine that if you're a woman and i could tell you here um, i'm going to give you a concoction totally natural and you can you can use as much as you want and you can dial your flow up or down for that, especially for that point. And this is where you're going to say, oh, um, we are totally off, right? We have lost today the ancient concept 
of divine inspiration during the feminine reproductive cycle during menstruation you mean there's a point at the menstrual cycle when a woman is divinely inspired yeah that's what they're saying i know we don't say that but that's what they're saying and if you have the right drugs you can tune that you can tune that and what can you do with that well she's speaking for the god dummy right how do you think we got democracy we got it from a virgin who raised a half snake half boy are you serious yeah, democracy doesn't come from Christianity or Judaism or Islam. It doesn't come from any of the monotheist traditions. It comes from the worship of a virgin girl who is raising the kings of Athens. And who are they? Oh, they're half serpent. They're half viper, bro. You know what I mean? Half viper. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, why? Because she's the one with all the knowledge. She's the one with the art and the skill to do it. They call her Athana, and it means ageless. It means ageless. Why? Because these girls become ageless. Oh, Interesting. God. Do you want to think that? Do you think that relates to uh, what's uh, the Marina Abramovich and how young she looks at seventy-eight or whatever, and how she does? She writes with blood and feces and semen, and she's gives these recipes on how to like you know and then they eat cakes of light and stuff like crowley was baking in menstrual blood and semen into uh like a eucharist type cake that people would get at the at the gnostic mass you know was crowley was crowley doing weird stuff like that oh yeah 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 he was also abusing children too well at least he said that an eight-year-old boy is the best sacrifice all it's like but People are always like, oh, he was talking different. Oh, you don't want to take it all too serious. <laughs> like, it's you very mean, interesting, but, you know. You mean you got defenders of Crowley just like you do of Jesus, you know? Well, you there's a lot more of the Jesus defenders, I'll tell you. That's for sure. <laughs> you but can I mean, get arrested. You, know. you can get arrested with a naked kid in a public park, and people will defend that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, if Crowley was talking about creeping well, the, on tenure. 10 year old boys right what is the difference yeah. between that i mean he's he's obviously well, he was he was abused at a catholic church like a catholic uh like he was like brought up it wasn't catholic what the hell was it but he was in like a boys school and he was like abused and sodomized to near death you know so and his parents were very strict and they were very religious so he he grew up into this he had like a natural hatred of it, you know. And yeah, so it, know. It, you know, it informs you when Jesus is sitting around with his disciples who are all underage. Um, it informs you. And what's funny is when you tell Christians this, is that they assume from all the paintings that they got it right and they're all bearded men, you know, and stuff like that. But when you go back to the Greek and you find out it's children, and he's he's walking around calling them children all the time too. Yeah. Jesus has to be a real weirdo to call a group of 35 to 40, 50 year old men with beards to call them my little lambkins, my little <laughs> he calls them his paidia, right? His paideon is the singular, and paideon in Greek means my little cutie, right? My little cutie. Right? So we all know his... what cuties means <laughs> nowadays. We could just look at Netflix. Jeez. 
Wow. Right. And nobody bothered to question this, right? No, we're going to build buildings till we're going to have pictures of them at the last supper. Do you think maybe that's an occult mockery to like be like, your hero is a lace you know? Mm-hmm. And Rome is like, look, your God is just some lace dude. Maybe that's, that's why they wrote it like that. Or, I mean, I guess it was Greek, not Rome. So. You know what they're doing is um, Pope Gregory the Great comes out and everybody asks me, which homily is this? Which homily? It's either 31 or 35. I can never um, remember, but it's it's in the 30s. 31 or 35. Check those. Maybe 33. Um, but in the homily, he says, right, and he's having to set something straight. Public record is what he's doing. And he says, hey, um, we pardon Mary Magdalene for having sex drugs <laughs> because the drugs that she's with that she's using are the ones that are used in what you would call temple prostitution right magdal her last name everybody says oh it must be aramaic no it's not aramaic it's scythian it turns out and it means maga and what's a maga that's a a, a feminine a feminine magus Right. So right. magician, fa- right. Like a female the, the, magician. Right. Right. The fact that she pulls out an alabastrin and everybody's like, oh, my God, that stuff, that stuff's expensive. Right. She's got the best drugs on the planet. These are the ones that you go to the temple for. This is why those temple priestesses. I mean, we're going to we're going to stop there when the season's right and you're going to be healed, bro. And this is the vehicle that they have to use. Just listen to her, do what she says, may be uncomfortable. We've got a great description of this in Petronius' Satyricon. They they give him a drug, poor, poor idiot, wanders in, and he's like, I'm having, I'm having sexual dysfunction. And they're like, what's wrong? Um, he's like, can't, can't bring myself to attention. Oh, okay. You said the wrong thing, buddy. Uh, what, do they, what do they do? They give him a drink and he gets tired, right? Sedative. They're always giving people sedatives, right? And they give him a sedative. He wakes up. He comes to and he's all tied up. And there's a priestess who's beating his genitalia, right? This is first century, by the way. First second. He's, he's beating. She's beating his genitalia with um, uh, that uh stinging nettles right which anybody who's who's come up on stinging nettles that's not so good but then then what do they do they insert a leather dildo right with the medicine on it into his rectum why are they doing that they're treating his erection they're bringing his erection back they know how to do this kind of stuff mary is carrying around the most valuable drug for sex rights that you can have at the time so pope um, Pope Gregory the Great comes out and he condemns this but says we forgive her we pardon her for having these drugs oh and by the way the naked kid that was with Jesus that was his cousin which I don't know why that would make it any better <laughs> but this is being this controversy is being solved very early on in the church right and then we just never look back at it and you know, when's the last time you heard a preacher talk about mark 14 51 52 where jesus was arrested with a naked boy no nobody wants to broach that subject but they did in antiquity and they kind of smoothed it over in antiquity and all the translations that were made of the greek 
they're coming out with stuff like, oh, he's arrested and he's saying, I'm not a robber. I'm not a conspirator. I'm not a rebel, right? They try to change the context. If your audience could read all of the works that we have access to, they would know the laystays, what the laystays is. And when Jesus says that about himself, I mean, again, love your father and your mother and do to your neighbors you want. And I am not a child trafficker. <laughs> right. Right. And it's, you know, like, so the, the, the organized church smoothed that over then. And now like I'm, I'm from uh, Massachusetts, like North of Boston. And I was happened to be in Middleton jail when, uh, what the hell is Gagan? Father Gagan went to, he was put there and he was murdered by another prisoner, like snuck into the, to the area and killed him. But the guy who was in charge of him, Cardinal Law, was moved to Vatican City and given his own church. Like it was like a promotion. And we've discovered, like, we look and we see that that's their policy is to move them around, hide the fact that it, anything happened. And, oh, we don't want to have any bad press about the church. So we'll just cover it up and move them around. And, like, you know, one father gets, you know, Father Gagan was, like, touching kids for many, many years. And uh, he was, it was put in a place where he was allowed to do that basically. And then, you know, and if you look at like, they, they, they changed the confessional just to have a confessional is just retarded to me, but uh, they changed the, the age of confessional down to seven years old so that they get kids locked up in a little room, you know, where they can tell them whatever and whatever. Um, it really, it, it makes me think that this has been, like there is some sort of thing that goes on since forever ago and it's like this weird sex magic thing is still going on today and it's still being covered up. Like, what do you think about that? You know, a hundred, what was it? They said like 130,000 people um, in Europe between like 1959 or something and 88 or so they somebody added it up and it turns out there were hundreds of thousands of cases of people being sexually abused people ask me when they find out and one of the books that i wrote um was about and i wrote it with a pulitzer prize winner i didn't write it with him he was my editor and i'm, I'm really proud of the work that he did um in in taking helping me to take that information and sh and clearly presenting it um the romans uh, were persecuting the Christians early on. And all the Christians say, well, help, we're persecuted, right? Well, when the Romans persecuted you in Alexandria, it's because the Christians there were taking children off the streets, orphans, and they were ritually um, uh, sodomizing them to purify them. Not only could they not be affected by the pagan demons anymore if they were sodomized but having refused the act of sodomy having said this is not good while it was happening to them that meant their soul was guaranteed eternal salvation so um the romans the romans were like nope 
nope, this stuff doesn't go on. It's not good. And they started rounding up Christians. So when a Christian says persecution, realize that the original persecution of their own people was for crimes against children, right? This cult Christianity has perpetuated for 1800 years, has perpetuated child abuse. People ask me, is this something that's going on today? I don't know. That's not my concern. I can show you it in the past. You guys figure that out. Um, I had a guy come to me, and I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember his name, and maybe it's just as well. But he came up to me when I was in Gloucester giving a presentation, and he said he was involved in the molestation. He came up to me crying after the, after the talk that I gave. And I've never had a grown man. He was tall. He's, he's about a foot taller than I was. He's a big guy, tall guy, thin, tall. And he says, he walks up to me, he's crying, and he says, what you just did brought out what I saw in the eyes of the priest that Father um, Gagan did with me. They made a movie about him, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. He said, I'm the person they made this movie about. And I went later. I hadn't seen the movie. I went later and watched it. And I was like, damn, that was that guy. So yeah, that was, was about a, the Boston Globe uh, investigation. Yeah, yeah, Boston Globe. Yes, right, yes, Boston right, Globe. Right. Yeah. And um, I was shocked that he, you know, he was able to see in what I was describing because I was giving a talk on um, early church child rape ritual and what it was about. What 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 do we know from the text, the details in the rape? And he he's uh, he, he he heard in that what his own priest was doing to him. And um, is it something that they do intentionally? I don't know. I don't know if it's intentional. I don't know if they got a room somewhere. If they're really, if they're really performing the right, they have to have a cup. They have to have someone who can produce the proper fluids that will allow us to bring back that actual communion that actual right do they have a place like that hell i don't know i don't know um who knows maybe they go in the basement right of the vatican where they've got the mosaics of lucifer right right maybe maybe they do it there i don't know yeah. i i really i i couldn't say though because i'm restricted to the sources but i can right. tell you this for centuries that church whether it's protestant or evangelical doesn't matter the christ faith the jesus faith has been a vehicle historically for child abuse the romans recognized it and they said this this garbage has got to stop right we're not going to put up with this wow. um they drew their lines incest was the other one christians were hugely incestful in the in the first and second centuries and if you think about it, they had to be because they were being controlled. You talk about mind control. They were being controlled to the extent that if they didn't yield their money and their goods to the church, they'd be killed, right? The very first example is, is Peter. He does it. The rock is the first one to kill someone, right? And then he says, oh, it's the hand of God. Came down and smote them, right? Um, but they're in a mental condition. When you think of Christians, early Christians, historically, if you look at them, you have to see them as victims. These poor people are victims. They not only get bamboozled out of all their goods, 
but they get put into situations where they're having sex, where they're filleting their holy people and they're having sex with their families, right? Everybody goes, they put out the lights, the torches, they put them out, the lamps, and everybody gets naked and has sex, right? But first they fillet the holy man who's in charge of their, who's in charge of their little coven, right? So you got to think about it. If people who are involved in this level of mind control and drug use are able to be manipulated that one dude can get a whole room full of them to take off their clothes and have sex and the romans step in and say "Uh uh-uh we don't mind orgies but you don't do them in families you don't have mothers and sons having sex you weirdos Mm. right it's not natural for you to do that look at your offspring right what's going to happen to them right that's the very practical Roman. and the christians are getting mad now they're getting mad. Do you know where birth control came from? It didn't come from Christianity. It came from a reasoning community. That's where it came from. The very same one that invented democracy. So everything is happening today. The joke is everything that's happening is everything that has happened right. and will continue to happen until you get the real history, until you see the reality, until you know yourself, who you are, and where your history is from. I mean, think about it. We worship as a society, we worship a dude who was a friggin' pedo, right? Who was arrested with a imagine just just assume that those texts are accurate. The internet gods don't like you saying Jesus is a pedo. That's like right the moment when you blocked off. <laughs> They're like, that's enough. Click. <laughs> All right. So wait. So um so basically the it's it's a process which uses children in the ritual and that same and we know i mean i've spoken i've spoken to victims of satanic ritual abuse and uh the abuse of children is not only necessary for the pornography and the snuff films that are created constantly um, but it's it's necessary for the mind control of the victim. It breaks the mind. It creates the state of dissociation and compliance, and you know that these type of these uh, proper these things that the abusers like more in the children. And we also know that dissociation is a uh, genetic trait that's passed on from one to the next and we know the the families the satanic families are generational and they abuse their own children to create the psychopathy necessary for them to be placed into the structures of evil to take over their father's business or whatnot um it's necessary to break them into psychopaths so there's no more connection to the the love of the creator and like there's no more innocent human anymore it's like it's a reacting uh put into the the fight or flight state at all times like it's changing changing the mental processes so like i assume that the the application of these viper venoms are probably combined with i mean 
you said that the beating with nettles on the genitalia and the alabaster like it does it the it, that sounds like torture that's you know that's some torture stuff and like even the genital mutilation of uh babies today uh they have to make the like for circumcision they have to uh uh make the child erect to do the procedure it's their first sexual experience and it's torture and it changes the brain so i i wonder if that's related because they're changing the the body of the person with the viper venoms and they're preparing that person for their future role as whatever you know this cup and then i'm assuming that the torture and the 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 rape is related to it to create a victim that you know that the priest can use for all the dark ritual <laughs> like yeah condi conditioning yeah. conditioning your toys so that you can have your satisfaction that's um i was just reading that drug manual that i was throwing around here i was just reading um about how the drugs affect you in the long term mentally and mm -hmm. those drugs were meant to pacify to make you have a constant fear right when you go to church and you bow before that dude um who said i am not a child trafficker and he's tacked up to his cross and you sit there you enter into that same proskinetic that that bowing allegiance that means i am bad and you are good thank you for not killing me submission right right, <laughs> right? submission exactly yeah. but it's psychological you're entering into that psychologically and you voluntarily give it when he gives you the bread you voluntarily give that submission there's a reason the mystery right is centered around that mental activity it is to create that person whose logic now is new they they are revived and they will now respond in a way that you have programmed you've conditioned them when you have 12 children following you right and even if you just want to stick with the most obvious one john right it's got to be like 10 10 years old right he's one of the boys of galilee you know and by the way mm -hmm. one of them gets in because he knew the guy that was there he went on fishing trips with him right one of the rabbis he would take him on fishing trips okay um if you just look at john and everybody's like why does john live so long because he was only a kid when jesus was grooming him right yeah. look at everything that jesus does it's an attempt to groom those little kids they think he's telling him this is going to happen the big the man is going to come in here and he's going to arrest me sometime right he's going to take me away i'm going to get crucified and all of us sit around who listen to the fairy tale because we don't know the history we don't know those texts we've never actually read them right we've only read crappy translations interpreted by people who don't know the originals and what do we think we think jesus is oh he's a prophet and he's figured it out he's the son of god and he knows right he knows what's going to happen. he's gonna go to the cross um the rest of us sit around and think my god man that that dude is awfully paranoid about getting scandalized which in greek scandalizo means to be trapped 
right? You've done something wrong and you get trapped. That's what Jesus was saying. You're going to get me caught, hmm. right? When they came to him and said, stop touching the kids. And it's tough to wrangle there. 12 children. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, you know, like, yeah, how do you yeah. keep track of all of them? You know, of course it's going to happen, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they're all, and you know what? By this time, those kids are so messed up, right? His disciples are so messed up. We have texts that talk about biblical texts, um, apocryphal texts that talk about Jesus coming out and, you know, he's resurrected and he's there in his vampire body which that tradition goes way back to. There's reason for all of that. And he comes, shows up in his vampire body on the, on, on the shore of Galilee, and they're out there in the boat, right? And he says, hey, I'm here. And they get up, and they're talking to him, and Peter decides to swim back to Jesus. But he's got to put on his clothes because these boys are sleeping naked together on a boat by themselves without anybody else. Did you ever wonder why Jesus was out on his boat in the Galilee, Sea of Galilee, and all the little kids run to him because there's a storm and the boat's rocking up and down? And they're like, we're going to be sunk. And he's like, sits up and he's pissed. The text says he's pissed. And he shouts at the winds and calms them down because these little kids were afraid. They were out there with him on the boat. Peter is not 35. Peter is probably 13 and he's the mathetes he's the student and what are these naked kids wait a minute you mean jesus had situations where he would be on a boat overnight with children and they're sleeping naked right um and nobody cares about that nope that no, nobody has a it's just like victims of child abuse man people really don't care when when somebody comes out and says the priest touched me and did this and that what do people do they get mad at the person for having said it right what you know what are you revealing that for right the poor guy poor father you probably you little stinker you're probably egging him on you know what i mean the, that kind of that kind of approach is the approach that people have to this jesus i want people out there i want your audience to know you step into a church that was built with money right from that church from donations you are stepping into an ancient organization that was created to abuse children you are stepping into that and the blood that's on their hands is now on yours every time you bow every time you take that communion you take that wafer in your mouth there are kids blood in that wafer yeah you are standing on top of the corpses of those abused and raped children and christ the christ you've worshiped a rapist surprise surprise jokes on you it turns out the chaldeans were right and this is hell and you're in place of punishment and what's your punishment you got to worship you get to worship a pedophile right that's that's what your punishment is oh god chaldeans and it, that's like the worst sin a child can't consent you know and like it's such a horrific thing for them and the the predators like they have absolutely no care for their victim they just you know uh it has to be a psychopath to do this i mean and, and and your audience that's listening to your preacher who's supporting this by propagating the religion 
Um, they're just as guilty, dude. Just because that one guy came up to me crying, and I know he's not, he's innocent, bro. I can tell from his tears, he's totally innocent, right? He, you know, he's a victim, clearly a victim. You people sitting in your pews, you people making the sign of the cross, you're not victims. You're supporters of a pedophile. History's worst. Not because of what he did. He only he only messed around with 12 kids, right? And who knows? Some on the side, too, because he shows up. He shows up in the graveyard. Didn't you notice Jesus showing up in graveyards? And, and he's, like, raising kids from the dead. Didn't you notice that? Didn't you notice he's teaching them the mysteries when they're naked? Did nobody notice this, right? Um, but having said that, it's far worse what his church, those who have propped him up, have done hundreds of thousands of people in the 20th century hundred and this was just in europe hundreds of thousands of people sexually molested abused raped sodomized by the church by the right. church yeah something we need to um, it's like common knowledge now people have finally accepted it i mean with roman catholics at least uh but i mean even like other churches I mean, Mormons, it's, there's this thing in Utah that's being revealed that, you know, satanic ritual abuse in the Mormon church, like um, that, and they have a church in Vatican City. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they're accepted into this, you know, Catholic, like, uh, evil, I don't know. But uh, there's other churches that do it too. I mean, I don't want to. I guess we're not picking on everybody, but um, you know, it seems like when there's a when there's a hierarchical structure, and you know, people can be put in the place where they have access to children, it like it gravitates the the psychos that you know. Um, and the longer the Catholic Church has been around, and and if you look at some of those ex popes, like what they did, like they're just as bad as Caligula, in my opinion. You know, I mean. Uh, I just I wanted to mention that like religion uses morality like flypaper because I mean obviously like it, humans I believe are naturally moral people they like I think that people discover that or they should with with compassion that's inherent in humans uh that it's wrong to harm others and you know, do no harm and take no shit are like laws of the universe, you know? And it seems as though that in order to make a big religion cult for the people, it has to be a moral based thing. So like in order to attract all the people and say, yes, that's true. Cause I feel inside it's true, you know? And that's why, that's how it catches everybody when, you know, the few psychopaths that think differently, they attract towards like uh, Levian Satanism or something. But the, the rest of us, like they, you know, we understand like, you know, like we love our family and we love children and we know it's wrong to hurt them, you know. And um, so it's it's like this inherent thing, morality. And uh, in order to create a mind control device to capture all the people, they need to make it moral. Uh, so they had to erase all of the child abuse stuff and make it occulted because 
no one would ever there would never be a worldwide religion of like jesus followers if they knew that laestase meant child trafficker yeah yeah and that's really the sad thing is that once you clean it up um then all of a sudden those people that go submit themselves to that power mm. um, they feel justified in doing anything right if you can say you ha possess the morality which you know um any of these monotheist groups do they always somehow end up possessing morality right if you, if you they dictate it, it right yeah right, then, just like then the government can, does now but go yeah, ahead sorry <laughs> then you can have the you can control the people you can have what you're describing and the way you're talking is like an ancient pagan right it's truly pagan right what do the pagans say for their oracles but and by the way they had boy oracles they had girl oracles right um the oldest traditions are with the girls right and what what did they say about them they said they can't be violated they're sacrosanct right you can't that's why the christian priests first introduced sodomy as a means of preventing demons from infecting them right because a demon won't infect an oracle that's been raped so the charge of the vestal virgins is to keep them clean you don't they nobody can be harmed right who is a vestal virgin you get you'll be put to death right nice. even right that's the point right. the point is and that was the pagan prohibition that the christians latched onto and said wait a minute if rape causes you to no longer be possessed by demons uh, maybe this desire that the priest has to rape and sodomize maybe that's not the worst thing in the world if we can hook that up to our theology and our doctrine boom we can capture anybody right it's it's brilliant it's it's nefarious it's terrible it's dark but it's brilliant in the way that they early christianity is able to use psychological conditioning and it goes back to the very first christian who is doing it it goes back to jesus himself who is conditioning those kids everything he does have some psychologist needs to look at the new testament the gospels and say just to answer one question does jesus exhibit the behaviors of a groomer is he a groomer is he grooming right the pagans knew man you don't force a kid to have intercourse right you don't force a kid um to participate in some kind of act like that if you want that kid to speak from the power of the universe the divine power you, you um you're not going to rape that kid right now did they involve them sexually of course they did because they're drawing from their sexual fluids right that's a whole part the sexuality is a whole part of it but you are not violating that that kid belongs to the divinity right that kid that priestess of aphrodite she belongs to aphrodite hmm. when she is doing what she is doing she's possessed by the god that's how they looked at it she's like the hieros gamos exactly like the priestess of anana right exactly what is mary the mother of jesus what is she she is that priestess right in the apocrypha she serves in the temple of jerusalem her fingers are purple why because she works with the purple and what what do they do to, for her they feed her who feeds her the angels right the angels give her the substance whereby god can enter her 
right? If you think about Jesus's mommy is the first rape victim. Yeah, she's the first Christian rape victim. Yeah, and I won't say Christian, monotheist. Monotheist, because the monotheists come over. And the pagans, you sounded, when you were talking a second ago, you sounded like Celsus. You sounded like Porphyry. This is what they're condemning Christianity for, is it's psychological warfare on its own people, its followers, and their total submission. Their total submission. Their re, what we would call a reprogramming or reconditioning. Right. Um, and they're, 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 they can't stand it, right? They're, they're like, wow, this is going to ruin our civilization. And sure enough, it did. Historically, it did. <laughs> and like, and the powers that be or whatever want to have a control system like this, you know, it's so effective. And when that waned, we, they had government, you know, government is the new, and now they have the science or whatever. And money has always been the God of people this whole time, you know, um, it's interesting that like the Roman Catholics in their church, they, they sing to Lucifer. I mean, I know they're speaking Latin and shit, you know, but, um, you know, and they've got this, you know, they're in a, in a temple or whatever. That's, that looks like the head of a snake, you know? And then there was the snake and the maiden in the garden, like, and she was the wise one who had the, the knowledge, you know, and the, so, I mean, it seems like, uh, hello again. Hey, in my defense, it's never this bad. I don't know what's going on. You were saying, <laughs> They're on to me saying, probably, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying snake, you were yeah. saying snake in the garden. What was the connection there? Well, I was saying that, you know, the modern Catholic church, they have, you know, there's the Pope or whatever, and he's in this hall that's shaped like a snake's head. You know, and like he's, and then they they worship Lucifer, and they're you know I've I've heard them singing Lucifer in their songs and stuff. The Morning Star, right? Right, the Morning, the morning star. star, right? The Lucifer, son of the morning, right? The sun. It's a solar thing. Like if you look, at whatever. Um, but then you know you look at their like even the the Genesis text. It's like um, the Adam is like dumb to it. And Eve communes with the snake, right? Right, and that's so like that. She is like the Medea, right? Right. No, and and that's what she's doing there, right? She's supposed to be there as it's translated as helpmate for Adam, but it's the word that the Greeks use for um, the soldier that comes up next to you and stands on your side, hmm. right? That's the, that's the guardian position. It's the Athena's position. And the name Eve, the name Eve um, um, in the Greek is the shout that the Bacchants make. Huh. That is that is her holy name. The very fact that that's there is like, why why did nobody take this and run with it? Because everybody everybody bought the lie that this is actually from Hebrew and the Greek is just a translation, so we shouldn't trust it, right? But when Jesus in the apocalypse is talking about the tree of life, that's the tree of Zoe, and it says in Genesis, her name is Zoe, her huh. name is life, right? She's the one who is the source. Remember the devil's like, hey, um, um, he lied to you. This stuff isn't going to kill you. 
it's going to cause your eyes to be open. You're going to be like gods. You're going to know good and evil, right? I mean, in, in the Apocrypha, it even has the devil scraping his skin to use, and they did this, um, to use his sweat as a sex drug. Drug. He puts it in, in uh, Eve's uh, water so that she will become aroused, right? And people are like, why did nobody... Why did nobody notice this, right? Hmm. The Christians obviously did early on and kicked those texts out, right? But it doesn't matter. In a classicist, we don't just kick things out and call some things orthodox because evidence is evidence. Right. Somebody at the time that this was being written thought that there was a sexual relationship between Satan and or Lucifer and Eve, right? So, oh. well, again, the horned god of Pan and the witch's coven that goes into the woods and fornicates with Pan, you know, like it's the same, uh, same thing, right. same thing. Wow. And that goes back to like the druids. And then they were supposedly magi from Egypt or something. And then Egypt supposedly learned that from Babylon and they got it from Semiramis of like, you know, like it's who was Ishtar. Oh, I'm the incarnation of Ishtar now. And, and I made guess this baby. what? Right. And guess what? Our ancient sources say Semiramis was Medea. Oh. Right. And that's, that's why Boccaccio, is saying, hey, look, you know, if you take my work and you take out certain sections and sew it together, he says, you'll see it's about that one oracle, right? Uh -huh. Through time, that ageless one through time. These are guys in the Renaissance, right? All they have is they have the same access that we do to these texts, if not a little bit better, right? Okay, great. And they're coming to those conclusions, right? Julius Caesar walks into the temple of Venus Genetrix who is the, um, you know, she's the founder of his line, his familial line. And he dedicates there a picture, a portrait um, done by a famous Greek um, of Medea, right? He <laughs> puts it in the temple of Venus Genetrix. There's a reason they're incorporating, Virgil's incorporating, right? Medea into his work. Um, the, the profound impact, right? Even Pindar, Pindar says, look, she was the oracle, and she gave this. She talks about her prophecy that she gave. So um, I, I, I know that behind, I know the Magdalene, because that's a Scythian word that means Maga, I know she was involved somehow in the perpetuation of this Christing, right? Wouldn't have been, his activities wouldn't have been possible without Mary. I know that for a fact, right? If nothing else, then she's the one who's got all the money, right? Who's funding this. Just like Paul's Lydia. And remember Lydia who funds Paul? What, what's her? How come she's rich and powerful, right? What is she doing? She's running an empire of purple, right? It's the purple trade, right, that she's involved in. So if people would make those if right. drug connections, those hardcore, you know, just molecular biology, put it together, um, I think we could see this history. I let me ask you this: Do you think it's possible? I mean, you're you're sitting here. You have a show that you're gonna you're gonna be presenting this information. 
Do you think it's possible to wake people up? Do you think it's possible that <laughs> I'm trying it's to wake yeah. the dead? You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're dead heads, but like hopefully they'll wake up. You know, I'm trying, man. Yeah, but I, for me too, you know, what I mean, it's a, it's like a, it's a growth and understanding for me as well. I try to incorporate new information, and um, there's evidence of this is is really there in the past instead of wiping it away and being like, that's uncomfortable for me. You know, I'd rather look at it and understand, you know? Um, so like, I'm very grateful. Thank you for, and uh, I'm, also, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful that you would be willing to engage. Cause you know, this could get you a black eye as well. I mean, I can tell <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. tell you, you know, if, I know, you know, hopefully but, my listeners will be forgiving. I mean, this is, you know, it, every conversation is a, uh, you know, it's just like, we're learning here, you know, and we're like understanding. We don't have to take it. I'm not saying it's true, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Don't kill the messenger. So, but <laughs> I'm not afraid. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm not afraid because yeah. like for real, like I want to know, and I'm sure others like me do yeah. as well, you know, and yeah. others are unafraid as well. So yeah, I'm glad that yeah. you're unafraid, you know, and yeah. thank you for, you know, uh yeah just thank you man but before we i don't i don't want to like uh i'm not trying to i'm not trying to steer us out but before we go like i, I want to make sure we're on get a couple things like you just said about samiramis being medea yeah like i know from uh, like i i've talked to uh like i i know jay parker who was an sra survivor and his mother was was like a priestess in the Amalekite like line and she like programmed DuPont to do the murder and all this like crazy stuff. She was in the cult, like this evil cult at whatever. And she told him that the Statue of Liberty is Semiramis. Wow. Is that right? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. And okay, like even, she's even pregnant. If like that, you know, under the robe and she's got the, the Sibylle, um, Attis, like the, the thing on her head, like the shining and that's like, and also that's like Ishtar, the star of Ishtar as well. Yeah. So yeah. that also relates to Samiramis is Ishtar, right? Yeah. Yeah. You brought it up several times, that whole Ishtar connection mm. and, and the connection to a Sibylle. start. Okay, a, I start a, a, right, right? A start, yeah. Right. And um, I, I would put Ishtar and a start and um, uh, Venus from right. the one they called Urania, the one that was the cult, her cult center was Cyprus, um, you know, which is in the same neighborhood. I would put, I would put all of them in the same, you know, that's the same entity that they're describing. It's not just me who said that, the ancient Greeks said that too. So, um, but when you get like it, um, when you go to um, the site of Armageddon, Tel Megiddo, I dug there in Israel. When you go there, you at the very bottom of the thing is this foundation that's a Canaanite temple where they worship that divinity um, there in a round temple where the women would dance, the priestesses would dance, and that was part of the exhibition. Um, seeing the reality of that divinity is is amazing because that's right in the center of ancient greek worship as well i mean i can't you know you can't say that babylon was that much separated 
from uh, Greece or from even from Rome. Although Rome was backwards, they were a bunch of tent dwellers, right? <laughs> when the when they were a bunch of hut, they were building huts on the Vatican, right? Back when the back when the um, they were worshiping a start and Ishtar and that kind of stuff. So yeah, right. I love it, man. Beautiful job that you did. I I really appreciate being able to to be a part of uh, an oh, interview man. like this. This well, I hope this is the first of many, man. Thank you so much Thank for you. being my guest. And I, I didn't introduce you as Doctor Ammon this at the beginning. Oh, I, I don't said care, Mister. <laughs> uh, I want people to be able to get your information. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, your, you have the Lady Babylon on mm -hmm. YouTube, mm -hmm. and they can find the Chemical Muse. And can you tell us about your other books too? Sure, sure. Um, I wrote one called. Here, I'll pull them out. Uh, so it's two shorties that were supposed to be for the popular press. That's why they went right away to paperback. And Original Sin is one of them, Ritual Child Rape in the Church. And the other one is Hermaphrodites, Gynomorphs, and Jesus. So um, in that one, I was just I just pulled all the evidence that has to do with this figure that is both male and female mm. because that figure is central to the Orphic mysteries. And um, um, so what I was trying to do is say, hey, look, the content here is uninterrupted, right? We go from the Greeks with their hermaphroditic worship um, to, the, um, to the Christians who are actually portraying Jesus in this gynomorphic way. Right. So, and I look at any of the representations of that. So, and again, it's all textual. It's all textual. That's what, you know, that's why my editor um, did what he did. Um, he's like, look, you're bringing all the sources. So um, what we're going to do is we want to put it in a popular format and just kind of tell the story. Um, I think the Chemical Muse is the one that, I mean, it really made the difference. You know, people said it's going to take 10 years for people to catch up, scholars to catch up and say, oh, there's something actually to this. And that actually happened. They're starting now, right, to, to examine this stuff. So. The right, the mushrooms. Muse. I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The chemical muse. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, mushrooms now are being used for death anxiety. And you were talking about drugs for death anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, psilocybe mushrooms are being right. used for that currently today. They make a little pill with the psilocin, and they, you know, you yeah. pop the pill, and you're in a yeah. doctor's office when you. Yeah. So please, Try, the chemical muse, you're, you're, go ahead. Trying to treat, they're trying to treat alcoholism and all sorts of stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Right. And, Ibogaine and, you know, can like, can cease your heroin addiction like in a weekend. <laughs> like it's amazing. It's a root, yeah. you yeah. know? Um, <laughs> and like mimosa hostilis root bark hmm. creates purple dye. It's oh, used for nice. purple dye. When nice. you want to buy some mimosa hostilis, yeah. mimosa hostilis, make sure you say yeah. it's for dye. Don't say it's for anything else. But, <laughs> but legit, what is like it? That's, what has it got? DMT well, in it or yes, something? It's DMT. You is reduce it, it down okay? to the DMT molecule, and you can make crystal DMT to smoke. Uh, oh, okay. The NN DMT. Okay. Uh, okay. As okay, opposed yeah. to the toad, which is the other one. You know, it, it's it's going to take people some time to figure out what the advanced chemistry is. Right. But I figured in the purple, it's got to be something like DMT. It's right. got to be something to induce um, that spiritual experience. Yeah, I, lo I love it. I love it. Now, imagine you combine that with you combine the mushrooms, um, your sources of DMT 
and you combine your belladonnas with all the psychosis inducers and you pump somebody full of a drug that's the aphrodisiac that's going to cause them to be um they're going to be a mania they're going to be afraid from the belladonna they're going to be paranoid and psychotic from the belladonna but with the balancing that with the aphrodisiac they're going to be sexually aggressive now on on top of everything right and it's these people for some reason you can capture them chain them up bring them to the point of orgasm and death and then when they come out of it they're they have a new appreciation of the world right i mean what the what's going on you know we need to well, figure out what's i going mean on. you know the skull and bones cult like they jerk off in a coffin while they you know they? everybody they, yeah they get paid on by their <laughs> yeah they do yeah and like and that's common like you know the president used to do that or whatever so like i mean like so it is like it's very relevant to today and it makes a lot of sense for us to learn this stuff and the chemical muse itself is so interesting like i've you know i've been to dead shows and i've been to tool concerts and you know people are smoking the dmt while they're high on the lsd and they're doing the nitrous oxide and they're smoking the cannabis and it's like and it's a combination of drugs and it brings them to this certain state where it seems like you've connected to another place you know um <laughs> yeah so like i i think that there is a science to that too i mean of course it, like the the uh people doing the recreational stuff they stumble upon this place you know but maybe they're they're probably of course there is a science to it yeah you know and there's other yeah, and- things that we don't use like belladonna and like you know detura or whatever they you know uh deadly yeah. nightshade i guess that's a type of mushroom but that's the big one that i find that we're not using in our polypharmacy is the mania inducers the psychosis induced because <laughs> who in their who in their right mind is gonna just say oh you know what maybe it's a good, good idea to take a drug that would make me nuts that's why and they I changed the name like- of they changed the name of hallucinogens like five times it used to be the original term was schizophrenogens <laughs> and then they're like, well, we got to change that. And then they're like, okay, psychedelics, you know, or hallucinogens. And now it's like entheogens. Like, take this thing inside of you, like this God in Fort, whatever. Right. right. And that changing kinda, the name to make you want to try it. But go ahead. The guy who coined that rock, I mean, he really went back to the original for that because that's how they refer. Now, he made entheogenic, but they have the concept of entheos. And that's where he took that from. You know, he's oh, on, on purpose, okay. right? I see. Right? They have the, the God within. How do he's you trying to the... link it back to the original. Like right, right, right. Technically, it's an entheogen in that it induces a state of possession. That's what the Greeks were talking about, right? Like the that's voodoo priests, they... right? Like they oh, chewing they on glass. Too? Like, yeah, yeah. They, oh, they, okay. they invoke demons, uh, you know. And I also, like, I've learned from sra and the like the understanding of satanic ritual abuse they they use rape to transmit demons into the children so whatever like the church says oh no you can't get demons this way right right they actually like 
I mean, if you look at Crowley and stuff, he did the he invoked Karanzan in the desert and he was like raping Norberg and that's that dude like never got the same again. And it it was like he stepped out of the magic circle and like he got possessed in this shit. So I think that maybe uh the saying that it prevents, I think that's like another um satanic inversion, probably, because well, the demons you know they're go ahead. Go ahead. There's a magic though that involves that possess that forceful possession that doesn't have to do with the oracles it has to do with straight up incubus and succubus um traditions and um if you if here's my question was crowley ever dream raping anyone probably i mean shit. <laughs> like uh, like i mean he did like there was a, this book moonchild where he like created the conditions in a mother to like be able to control the soul that's going into the, the 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 fetus or whatnot, and like so, there's this type of level, and he was trying to create a homunculus, like a thing that has no soul that can take on the soul of something else, like a non corporeal spirit. So, like, I think he was probably dabbling in in those. I don't know exactly what a dream rape is like, what it is like, but it's probably it sounds like something Crowley would do. <laughs> I had a in my inquisition in when I had the Catholic Church do an investigation of whether or not I was demon possessed and opening portals. They had a they had a witness who said that I flew through the air and hovered over her roommate's bed and raped her roommate wow. and then par paralyzed her while I was doing it. Now, um, this person, this person actually left. They had to they they really kicked her out of the university because she went bonkers. She went bonkers and she started going to mental health at the university and they finally kicked her out of the university. Wow. So, you know, um, yeah, to what extent do you have to look at the, the witches or the, the I'm sorry, the nuns of of Le Bon? What the hell? There's this place in France. The the movie uh The Devils by Ken uh it's the the witches of ludon or the nuns of ludon like okay. they go crazy and they uh they testified that they saw the vision of this priest that was like making them uh have these sexual dreams at night and stuff and like right. they burned him at the stake <laughs> you know like and he was um, like, what? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just some attractive <laughs> priest who just happened to really <laughs> had this poor guy. Like, but I mean, um, this is a you know, this mania from their um from the incubus, uh and that you know, what what is that? Like, is there you know so who knows what if this communion what it really does, like I mean, yeah. is there I mean like, has it been deciphered what the things actually are? Can can it can be it can't be recreated really? It's lost to time. Is that? Can we the, can we figure out, please, the quantum physics of what the hell they were doing? Right? What? Yeah. What, in in this right, what are they actually doing in space and time? That's what I want to know. Because you can describe it psychologically. You can look at the right, the mystery, and you can say oh well it's you know obviously doing something medically for the brain it's getting you over this fear of death i don't know maybe when you're put into the state and your brain is put into the chemistry of an orgasm maybe it liberates something that 
axe in the brain. All right. I I can sit around and try to figure that stuff out in this. Some yeah, well, scientists yeah. can look at all the chemicals that are involved and maybe it does something in the brain that increases activity or something like that. But when it comes down to it, you really want a, you really want a scientific explanation of what the physics are yeah. of sending people to um, beyond and pulling them back. Um, you want to know why that has to be sexual. You want to know why. Why is it eye-opening, right? Why is it you don't understand it unless you've been through it, right? It's it's like hmm, I kind of want to, but at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I, I don't Scary. really want to join a cult. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. don't want to be in a cult. But I think also modern Satanists. I think they're doing the same thing that Wicca. I had a meeting where I talked mm -hmm. to a bunch of people who were Wiccans, and it turns out that Queen hated me. Um, and I, I don't understand why, except for the fact that m modern magic is influenced by medieval and right. medieval is not classical in the least. As soon as you hear somebody talk about Kabbalah, you know, oh shit, um, I'm stuck in medieval magic and that's not classical magic. Classical magic is far more, um, medical it's far more reasoned it's those guys were natural philosophers who were developing their their magic so they weren't sitting around trying to say how do i make a cult where i can abuse people and i can i can do x y and z no they were saying how does the universe actually work and we've got all of these substances from the earth these chthonian substances that we can manipulate how does all that come together and somehow in the process of doing that, they were able to breach some kind of boundary that rational, normal people like Cicero could go through the process and can say, hey, if you haven't been through the mystery, you really haven't lived. Right. right? I mean, seriously, I want to know what that means. You know, I want to, you know, and mystery is, is written on Lady Babylon's head, right? Correct. As she rides the beast, right? Correct. Correct. Wow. <laughs> and she's got the cup. And like, oh, exactly. it's an abomination. What? Exactly. Uh, I kind of exactly. don't know if I want to drink this. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. Right. Wow, right. Love it. Man, I love this it. is this is a great conversation. And hey, I, I love so talking much, to man. you, man. I love awesome. talking to you. I, I'm so grateful that you would give me this opportunity to be able to like have a normal conversation. <laughs> and and you did it after I fucked up and didn't come to the first one. So you're you're nice on top of everything. Well, so anytime, I appreciate that. Thanks. Anytime you want to kick back and talk, I'm I'm perfectly Sweet. just send me an email and say, hey, that's great, man. You know, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of of your work, and I I like your perspective, and um, it's it's good to it's refreshing, and I'm very and the door is always welcome. The door is always open, and you're always welcome here to the show, like the dead, and um. Uh, before you go, the Hernaculum Scrolls, did you want to say anything about that? I'm sorry, but I forgot to mention that earlier. You was, know, was that yeah, a, the, that, is that another show that we need to do? <laughs> the, 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 the really big deal about the scrolls from Herculaneum that they're now translating is yeah. it's, it's just a huge cache 
of material that we don't normally get. This never happens that we get suddenly access to 800 scrolls that never wow. happens. And so my point is there's going to be things in these scrolls that are big and they'll yeah. release, they'll release these little discoveries over time, but you're going to see works from authors that we know like Sophocles, you're going to get an extra play of Sophocles that we knew existed, but we didn't have right oh. in a cache this big. Those are the kinds of discoveries. That's why I was reading an interview with one of the dudes that was involved and he's a professor of classics. And he said, this is going to change the way we understand classical history. It'll change wow. the way. And he can say that because 800 new um, sources is, is, you know, <sighs> Classics is built yeah. upon much smaller discoveries. This one is huge. We're going to have our perspective of antiquity opened up. And I guarantee you, in that collection, they will find a theriac, a work on ancient drugs that are used in ritual. They will. We know that Nero had it, right, in his own library. We have it. We still have it. Galen preserved it. So it's going to be in the Julian clan, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you it will um, it will work with the archaeological finds that they're just doing now that have to do with drugs to give us a picture of antiquity that we didn't have before. And people are going to be shocked when they when they realize, oh my God, this is the world we actually come from. These are the people who tried to perpetuate civilization, and the people who took them down are the people that we thought were the good guys the whole time. I mean, it, it's, it's, isn't it always the opposite? Like the bad yeah, guys exactly. always win. Right? <laughs> exactly. What is with that? It's like irony, right? It's like, yeah. why does history always have to be totally ironic? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I'm very well, excited for the future and, uh, you know, the discoveries and I would, I hope that you would keep us, uh, up to date on what's being learned. And, uh, maybe in the future we could go further down, Maybe uh, one of the certain paths that we, we talked about a lot today. There was a lot to talk about. And so maybe we can, you know, go with the finer grain detail and, you know, learn more about these things as, you know, as time progresses. Uh, that would be wonderful Perfect. to have you on a guest as a guest. Oh, again. God. Thank you so much, Sean. I really <laughs> appreciate it. It's, 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 thank you so much. Oh, well, you're very welcome. Man. And, and it's okay. an honor for, for me to host this to, to everybody. And I'm so thankful that you wanted to join me and my listeners today. And, uh, you know, there, there's lots of gratitude. And thank you so much. Oh, love it. Love That's it. Great. That's All great. Right. All right. All right. So thank you. And thank you, listeners, for listening. And we will catch you next time on Wake the Dead.